This program contains material or language which may be considered objectionable. Parental guidance is suggested. Showtime. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are tuned in to SNS Unplugged, your source for pro wrestling discussion. Because our time is now! Because the champ! Wrestling News sponsored by Wrestling-Online.com Yes! 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 Movies and entertainment and the occasional conspiracy theory. With your hosts, all the way from New York City. The Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella, and residing in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Mr. Money on the mic. Say hello to the bad guy. Jeff Jackson. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Unscripted, uncensored, unbelievable. It's unplugged. Why, oh why didn't I take the blue pill? We are the best in the world at what we do. And it starts now.
I don't want to stop is right. It's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy, I'd say, four or five days from last week's SNS Unplugged to WrestleMania on Sunday and to now another edition of SNS Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. I am Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, and we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about what went down, the fallout from WrestleMania 30 from New Orleans, Raw from New Orleans. Some debuts, some people coming soon to Raw, some interesting things happening in the world of professional wrestling. Right now, it's a good time to be a fan of the WWE, but joining me each and every week, he is my co-host here on the program, all the way from New York City. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Bronxzilla, Tony J. Mirabella. I'm surprised we're able to do a show, considering the internet has melted down since Sunday night. Up until today with rumors, speculation. The great thing is when it's a good time to be a WWE fan, it's also a good time to be a wrestling radio show host. I know. It gives us something positive to fucking talk about for once, right? I mean, you know, I I get so tired of coming on this program and being butthurt about this or not liking this. I got to tell you, bro, after this weekend, I, I feel a renewed vigor. You know, we got that whole new season of WWE coming up. And I'm liking where things are going. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's definitely a, a change up. It, it just it feels like a new season. It's like when you, you know, your favorite show comes back after being on hiatus for six months and all you're seeing is reruns and reruns. And then finally it's a new season and you're like, oh, oh they're finally doing something different. I couldn't wait. It, last night definitely had a different feel to it. Uh, WrestleMania has always been the proverbial reset switch, and I think this year it's truer more than it's been in a long time. I would have to agree. You know, we don't talk about main event a lot on this program, but now that it's begin, it has begun airing on Tuesdays on the WWE Network, I actually got a chance to sit down prior to the show tonight and watch main event. And, of course, they promoted on Raw last night that it was going to be The Shield versus The Wyatt Family. And uh, I just want to kind of let everybody know what happened if you didn't see it. The Shield went over the Wyatt family, and then they cut a promo with Renee Young and did a fantastic job. And Dean Ambrose was holding on to his ribs, could barely talk, could barely speak because he he was in pain. Rollins did some talking. Reigns did some talking. And they basically said they're ready for war with the authority. The only injustice in the WWE is the authority, and they sent it home the right way. I'm digging this, man. I'm telling you, I like this new uh, this new fan-friendly shield. We've known for a while they've been kind of switching, and they've really kind of gone to the side of being cheered, and it looks like that was the full face turn for the shield after Monday night on main event tonight. Great promo. Yeah, have you noticed a I think WWE is going back to the trend that brought them. I think they're finally realizing that we can't force stars on people. We have to let the people make the stars. And you've seen it with the Shield. You're even seeing it with the Wyatts. You're seeing it with Daniel Bryan, of course, who is the biggest. I mean, if it was up to WWE, Daniel Bryan would still be in the lower mid card. But, you know... His promo was spot on where he said, you guys are what made the Yes Movement work. And he's right. It's going back to the days of Austin and The Rock where the fans are picking who they want to cheer. I completely agree. 
I am uh, definitely liking where things are taking off. Like I said, brand new season of WWE. We all know that after WrestleMania, the Raw afterward, it is the, you know, for lack of a better term, the season premiere of what's to come. It's the brand new year. Lots of things are in play. Uh, You know, like I said, we saw some debuts. We'll talk about that in the Raw reaction. Normally... We would do this day with, this day in wrestling history with Sean Beckerman. Unfortunately, we were unable to do that tonight. We are going to take a quick break, come back, and when we come back, we're going to jump right into the Raw recap and the Raw reaction. And joining us for the Raw reaction for the first time ever on the program, folks, someone we talk about quite a bit on this program. He is the owner of Wrestling-Online.com, our sponsor for the news. We got to hang out with him last year. For WrestleMania weekend, Colin Vaslow is going to be joining us on the program after the Raw recap and the Raw reaction segment, and he's going to tell us what it was like to be in New Orleans for WrestleMania, for the Hall of Fame, for Raw. He's going to break it down, as only Colin Vaslow can do. With that being said, we're going to take our first commercial break, and when we come back, it's time to do the Raw recap and the Raw reaction. <laughs> Hey, this is Trish Stratus. Keep listening because Stratisfaction is guaranteed right here on the SNS Radio Network. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Are you feeling down in the dumps because you live outside the United States and maybe you can't get the WWE Network? Maybe you'd like to watch Netflix from the American region. But since you're in another country, it doesn't work for you? Well, I've got the solution for you. The SNS Radio Network is recently affiliated with UnblockUs.com. If you go to the SNS Radio Network page and click the UnblockUs.com banner ad, you can sign up to get a VPN. Not sure what a VPN is? Well, it basically protects your identity online. Basically, it gives you an address online where the content you want becomes available. Here's how it works. When you click the link on the SNS Radio Network banner, it takes you to unblockus.com. And from that link, you can sign up for a free one-week trial. If you decide to sign up afterward, it's only $4.99 a month. And when you think about it, that's great savings. $4.99 a month allows you to watch American Netflix or any region of Netflix that you'd like to watch. And here's the biggie, folks. If you don't have the WWE Network, you live in the UK, you live in another country outside the United States, unblockus.com can set you up for $4.99 a month with a VPN that will allow you to have access to the WWE Network and all regions of Netflix. And you can watch it on your PS3, your Xbox 360, any device you have, you're able to use with unblockus.com. And the best part about it is, I'm not just talking about this, I'm using this service myself. So once again, go to the SNS Radio Network, click on the Unblock Us banner, and from there, sign up. And if you do that, you help to support the SNS Radio Network as they give a kickback to us to help keep all the shows on the SNS Radio Network for free. Once again, unblockus.com, giving you freedom online. 
No Hey guys, this is Ashley. And this is Sandro. And we're here to make sure that you check out the whole indie show each week on the SNS Radio Network. As both of us, along with our other co-host Randy, cover everything that you need to know on all things indie wrestling. It's your place for all the most recent indie news and event results, reviews of the latest shows from all the major promotions, and previews for all the upcoming events. We also want your feedback on any indie stuff you may have seen as well. Plus, you know, you never know. You might even get a few paperclip references now and then. So for all that and much more, listen to The Whole Indie Show every week here on the SNS Radio Network. SNS Unplugged with Bronx and JJ on the SNS Radio Network. I got to be honest, man, I, I, I couldn't think of a better return liner to come up with for tonight because it just seems to me like the WWE did a good job of shocking most of the monkeys worldwide because the IWC has been just crazy the last couple of days, Bronx. Oh, no doubt. I mean, they're always it's always crazy after mania. But, you know, people with their conspiracy theories, people with, uh, oh, you know, the Undertaker didn't really lose. It was all a conspiracy. I think even the fucking Sheik. Oh, man, I just I'd, I read something before we came on air that I can't believe. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it kills me because there are people out there that believe the whole undertaker getting beat by brock lesnar was not the original plan it wasn't the, it wasn't in the script that brock went off script and my god I, there's so many conspiracy theories abound right now for something that has no conspiracy theory for those of you that don't know the wrestling business is predetermined so before they go out to the ring vince mcmahon or whoever's back there they know who's going to win you know Undertaker made the decision to give the win to Brock Lesnar, as shocking as that is. But there are people that want to believe that Brock Lesnar went into business for himself and the referee just went with it and Vince went with it and somehow they put a graphic together in like three seconds. You know, I, I just I don't understand how people can think that that was not the planned finish. It, it drives me insane. 
It's amazing how you make jokes with a straight face and a straight voice. Wrestling is predetermined. You got to stop this shit, bro. You know, if we're we're not going to be serious on this show, then we we just can't keep doing it. I mean, wrestling predetermined. I mean, it's still real to me, damn it. It's still real to a lot of people, apparently, (laughs) Brock. No joke. Because believe me, there's there's been a oh I I couldn't even give you a percentage of the negativity of people that are just upset. You know, I mean, going back to WrestleMania and that reaction when the Undertaker got beat by Brock Lesnar, you could hear a pin drop. I mean, it was amazing. The reactions of the the people's faces, the way the cameras caught it all. I mean, it was shock value. This is not the first time the WWE has done something you know, with shock value to get people to talk about them. The Attitude Era was shock value. It was the Jerry Springer era. You know, I mean, this is nothing new. And believe me, people are talking all over the world ever since Sunday. Look, from mainstream media to pick up on this, I mean, this shit is appearing on legit sports shows about how the Taker's streak is gone. So that tells you right there they did what they wanted to. I have no problem with people being shocked. Sunday night, I sat here with you and Shark, and I was just as shocked as everyone in that arena. Difference is I'm not angry about it because I think I know where they're going. At the end of the day, even if I don't know where they're going, it's it's the Undertaker's choice. Yes, it is the Undertaker's choice, and he made that choice. Now, whether we like that choice or not, that's what we went with. Personally, I'm absolutely fine with taker losing the streak was i expecting brock to be the guy no but at the end of the day and i've said this on many of the programs here on sns especially unplugged over the last couple of weeks i wasn't into the build uh logistically speaking i didn't think that the undertaker should be able to beat brock lesnar at wrestlemania and i also made the comment on this very program that i think brock is going to hurt the undertaker because he's scary strong and doesn't realize his own strength. More on that later in the news. Because if you didn't know, The Undertaker went to the hospital after the match with a severe concussion. Once again, I'm proven right. Yeah, and at his age, I, I really felt bad when I read that. You know, look, the bottom line is, I mean, I know I feel it, and I'm only 30 fucking six, but the older you get, the more you feel shit. And, I mean, you know, when you're in, in your, what, early 50s and... and a guy who we've both said by his looks is not in the best of shape. I mean, compared to what he was, I mean, look, we, we all lose our ability to stay in shape when we get older, but you know, he's always been a guy who's been, and, and takers had nagging injuries for years. I mean, let, let's put a, a, as fine a point on it as we can. The, the guy every single year, it seems like after mania, something happens, whether it's his hip, his back, his, his whatever. I mean, maybe, Taker gave it to Brock because you know what? He said, fuck it. I'm done with this shit. I saved up my money and maybe he finally got to the point or maybe even his wife told him, listen, baby, you know, you need to you need to retire. So we'll see. Who knows? I think so. You know, I, I mean, look, at the end of the day, there's a reason The Undertaker works one year, you know, one day to year. There's a reason he has that Santa Claus schedule. Right. And it's because the injuries have been nagging up. He's had a hellacious run. Obviously, 21, 21 years. He's 21 and one now. But 21 wins at WrestleMania over two decades. 
of dominance at WrestleMania. And I got to say, the last five years took a lot out of him. Those two matches with Michaels were crazy. Uh, the two matches with Triple H were crazy. The one with Punk last year wasn't as crazy as the other ones, but it took a lot out of him. And I knew going in with Brock that it was going to be more of a brawl type thing. I knew they were going to kind of shift it to a little MMA, and they kind of did. I mean, it was almost like a UFC-style fight at times during that bout, and a lot of people are upset it wasn't a great match. Well, when you compare it to the last five years, it's not a great match. But when you compare it to a lot of his other matches over the years, it's a pretty damn good match. Yeah, and Brock is definitely a guy who could have, with, with Taker being a UFC fan as he is, I'm sure that the, the uh, pre-match preparations they went through wasn't all Taker coaching Brock. I'm sure Taker said, look, Brock, I want to do some MMA stuff. Can you help me out? You know, let's do it. Let's let's have a match that complements your style too. And I think that's where they went with it. I, I think on any other... Any other platform, it would have been a good match. But I think when you compare it to some of the matches that Taker has had, I mean, like Michael's Taker 1 was absolutely, completely sick in every way, shape, and form. Yeah, when you compare it to those matches, I agree. It wasn't the greatest, but still not a horrible match by, by no stretch of the imagination. I mean, I would say it was a better match than, you know, Undertaker and Mark Henry. I'd say it was a better match than... Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez by a long shot. I'd even say it was better than the Snooker match, which was his first WrestleMania. You know, I mean, there's a lot of matches to choose from. But at the end of the day, it served its purpose. And I think Mays brings up a very good point that the loss of the Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania kind of overshadowed the fact that Daniel Bryan won the championship. Now, at the end of the night, he still got 75,000 strong cheering yes, yes, yes. And it was still a moment. But I think those two things are going to stand out, and maybe, just maybe, The Undertaker's loss does overshadow that. But before we get too deep into this conversation, let's go ahead and break down what happened last night on the season premiere, if you will, of Monday Night Raw, still in Louisiana, in New Orleans, if you will. All right, everybody, our first Monday Night Raw after the huge WrestleMania 30 show kicks off with a Daniel Bryan video package, and Bryan comes out to insane yes chance. Bryan says it's hard to raise your arms while holding two titles. It's been two years since I started doing the yes movement, and it seems like the entire universe was united when the yes movement started. We get you deserve it chance. Bryan says no. You guys deserve it because yes isn't just a word. It's about the power that each and every one of us have to make change. Now, of course, the authority comes out to chance of asshole. And Triple H says, you know, I'm not going to step in that ring and do something I might regret. And Daniel Bryan raises the belts and does the yes chance right in Triple H's face. Triple H says, enjoy this moment because that's all it is, is a moment. It won't last it won't even make it through tonight because tonight you're going to defend your title against me. 
The reality is this is my show and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Backstage, Stephanie says she can't wait until Triple H puts an end to the Yes movement. Now Batista comes back there and he says, Hey, uh, you know, I won the Royal Rumble and never got a singles match. Orton says, I've got a rematch clause. Hell, I wasn't even pinned. And Triple H says, look, you're both going to get rematches, but just not tonight. I'm going to take care of this tonight. Stephanie says, all of you guys are right. You all have points, and we're going to settle all this after Raw. And Batista and Randy Orton will wrestle the Usos for the tag titles. And Orton and Batista are like, we don't want the damn tag titles. Triple H says, look, we all have our problems, and this is all happening for one reason. But when the three of us are on the same page, no one can stop us. The Wyatts come out, and they're over like Rover. And they're going to go up against John Cena, Biggie Langston, and Sheamus. All six of them start brawling in the ring, and the fans are firmly behind the Wyatt family. Sheamus and Rowan square off. Big E with a two count on Rowan. And in the end, Bray Wyatt does that weird crab walk he does as the crowd chants, Bray is gonna kill you. And indeed he does as he beats Big E Langston with Sister Abigail. We have Santino and Emma versus Fandango and Summer Rae in a mixed tag. And Summer Rae taps out to the Emma lock. Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman come out, and Brock has a nice shiner from last night. Heyman says it's a privilege to serve as the advocate to Brock Lesnar. Brock broke a streak that lasted a quarter of a century, and it ended at the hands of Brock Lesnar. We get bullshit chants, and Heyman goes off. We told you so. Eat, sleep. Break the streak. Brock is not here to put smiles on anyone's faces. Brock is here to put tears in the eyes of children. Last night, Taker passed out backstage, and Vince McMahon had to leave Mania to ride in an ambulance with The Undertaker. In fact, Taker came close to a broken neck and a cracked skull. If Taker had gotten up, he'd have been a, he would have had a broken neck. Brock wouldn't have quit until the streak was dead. And after the match, JBL and those two things stood up and gave Taker a standing ovation. Taker was a loser. Each of you is like every member of that WWE locker room. You're all a bunch of wannabes. Brian or Undertaker never fought in an octagon. They're wannabes. Barack is the one. The Rock never pulled this off. Neither did Hogan or Austin. Brock is the one in 21 and 1. You're saying what to me? I forget who you all are. I'll say it slowly. Brock is the one in 21 and 1. There are legends, superstars, all plural. Only one stands head and shoulders above Brock Lesnar. Batista and Randy Orton versus the Usos for the tag titles. And the crowd kind of, this was the only time tonight where the crowd shit on this match. The Usos are beat down on the outside. Both teams get counted out. And one of the Usos gets Batista bombed into the stairs. Rob Van Dam is back. RVD versus Damian Sandow. 
RVD drops the leg on Sandow from the apron to the outside, and of course, RVD wins with the five-star frog splash. Now, bad news Barrett, no, he doesn't have any bad news, he's going to wrestle Rey Mysterio. And Barrett is way over, he tries to pick up the mic, but Mysterio hits him to a chorus of boos, crazy crowd. Barrett starts to take it to Mysterio, but Mysterio kicks out at two. Mysterio, Mysterio off the top with a DDT to Wade and gets another two count. The 619 connects, but Wade Barrett knocks Mysterio off the top rope and gets a win with the bull hammer. Good to see Wade back in the ring. Alexander Ruzov debuts and completely obliterates Zack Ryder. Woo, 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 still jobbing. The warrior comes out and he actually puts on a warrior mask and no talent becomes a legend on their own. Every man's heart beats their final beat. If what the man did in his life makes the blood flow in others, all of you are the legend makers of the ultimate warrior. In the back, I see many potential legends. You will do the same for them. You will decide if they lived with the passion and intensity. You will make them legends as well. I am Ultimate Warrior. You are the Ultimate Warrior fans. And the spirit of the warrior will run forever. AJ Lee comes out and talks about how she's had the title for 295 days now. She talks about her childhood and how she's been overcoming adversity. I'm not just the champion. I am the Divas Division. Now... The NXT Women's Champion, Paige, interrupts. And AJ says, what the hell are you doing here? And Paige says, she came to do what no one else would, and that's to congratulate AJ. She says, AJ did great. Now, AJ says, I don't need your congratulations. Go back to NXT, and I don't like being interrupted. AJ makes fun of her, and she says, you know what? Why don't I do what I did last night? Why don't I beat you? And Paige is very humble and says, I'm not ready. Until AJ starts slapping her around and asks, are you ready now? AJ says she'll even put the title on the line. And yes, AJ Lee versus Paige and your new Divas champion is Paige. Interesting. Hulk Hogan comes out. Let me tell you something, brother. Last night we had the biggest, baddest mania of them all, brother. Lots of mania moments. Last night... Andre was looking down with a smile on his face, brother, and he introduces Antonio Cesaro. Hogan congratulates Cesaro, but before Cesaro can talk, Zeb Coulter says, look, I'll take it from here. I brought you into the fold, even though you're not from here. I brought you in as a real American, and I made you a Zeb Coulter guy. And Cesaro interrupts, takes the mic, and says, wait a minute, I'm not a Zeb Coulter guy. I'm a Paul Heyman guy. And Paul Heyman comes out. Heyman says he's the advocate for the king of swing, Cesaro. I must admit I like that. And Zeb Coulter's like, you're jumping ship. And Heyman says, this is the week for shocking moments for Paul Heyman guys. Heyman wants the announce team to learn how to announce Cesaro properly. And again calls him the king of swing. Now Jack Swagger comes out. And attacks Cesaro and breaks the Andre the Giant trophy. Bastard. 
Cesaro versus Jack Swagger. Swagger with most, most of the offense in the beginning. Cesaro with a superplex for a two. And Swagger backs off the ramp. Fans actually call him a pussy, and he loses by countout. Shield is backstage with Kane, and they ask, where are the outlaws? Kane says, you guys are on thin ice because Triple H sees you for what you are, pawns. And Stephanie tells Kane, listen, just relax, calm down, stop it. There is an injustice, and no one understands that like the Shield. The Yes Movement is an injustice. You all know what it means to be champions. You're all on the same page. What Triple H wants, he gets. Daniel Bryan comes out for his match against Triple H. But before anything gets started, Batista and Randy Orton come out. And Orton and Batista attack Daniel Bryan. Bryan has to eat an RKO and a Batista bomb. Kane comes out and choke slams Daniel Bryan. Now, Triple H comes out with Stephanie and tells the referee, ring the damn bell. And the ref is like, what? Triple H says, listen, you like your job here? Ring the bell. And as Triple H is about to attack a prone Daniel Bryan, the shield comes in through the crowd. Triple H is talking shit to all of them. Kane Orton and Batista want to face off with the shield. Now, Triple H says, look, this isn't going to happen now. Let me do what I need to do. But before he can go any further, Triple H gets speared by Roman Reigns. The Shield take out all of the heels, and they stalk Triple H. Brian hits Triple H with a knee. And to end Monday Night Raw, Triple H and Steph are on the ramp, and Triple H screams to the Shield, you just started a war that you cannot win. This isn't over as the Shield and Daniel Bryan stand triumphantly in the ring. The new booking year has begun. We saw it last night with all the different things that went down. Very interesting Monday Night Raw. Awesome crowd reaction. And I hope your reaction is just as good because now you have to react to that. React to that. Well, folks, I got a special uh, special reaction for you. It's not going to be just me and Bronx. No, no, no. Tonight, we're going to bring in someone who's never actually been on the show, but has been a supporter of the show and someone who is a sponsor with the news each and every week on the program. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to bring, for the first time ever on Unplugged, the one, the only, the world traveler himself, the owner of Wrestling-Online.com, Mr. Colin Vassilo. Thank you for having me, guys. And I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. And uh, it's my, actually, it's my second time on an audio show before, you know, when we used to do our, our own show before Ringside. Um, uh, I appeared only once at a WrestleMania. So this is my only, my only second time. So looking forward to it. Well, we're glad to have you aboard. I, you know, I enjoyed last year spending time with you uh, and obviously Bronx in New York for WrestleMania 29. I wish I'd been there for 30, but maybe 31. Maybe 31 will be my lucky number, and Harmony and I will be back in uh, California for, for WrestleMania 31. I, I, I'm looking forward to 31, actually. I might I might go. Um, I'm still not sure. Probably I will. Um, but 
if you came, you would have enjoyed yourself probably even more than WrestleMania 29 because that card was kind of uh, uh, iffy <laughs> compared to this one. Oh, I know. Yeah, WrestleMania 29, not the greatest card, but this one was pretty much off the charts. Uh, before we jump into WrestleMania, let's go ahead and talk about what happened last night on Monday Night Raw. You were there live in New Orleans. Uh, mm-hmm. What an amazing show that WWE delivered last night with Raw. I mean, you know, it's like a, it's like they hit the reset button or something, and they've restarted things. And you know, it seems like the the new season of uh, of WWE is is really starting to branch out and it's exciting what was it like for you being there live i mean what, what were some of your big reactions uh to what happened last night um uh the, the crowd was amazing by the way i don't think they topped last year's new jersey crowd but they were on fire the whole night um i think the lack of a big surprise kind of deflated the crowd because everyone was expecting something big to happen um but you know saying that I mean, um my favorite segment, first of all, was, was the, the Diva segment. Uh, the pop page received was unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Heyman's promo, everyone was, you know, reacting good to that. And then everybody was booing him. And then he came out later with Cesaro, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden he's a face. So um, the crowd was, you know, chanting all night long, you know, with the Bray Wyatt theme song and he's got the whole world in his hands and I, i'm not sure how it came off on tv because i haven't seen the show yet but uh it, it was pretty good life well you know it was I, I found it to be an amazing crowd last night i mean the crowd last year in new jersey after wrestlemania was pretty awesome uh i loved the interaction the crowd had especially with the john cena theme song John Cena oh, yeah. sucks. I, I don't know where that came from, actually. <laughs> that was awesome. I think Bronx was telling me that that happened in New York not too long ago. Uh, oh, it was wow. about, I would say, I had gotten, someone had sent me the audio. It might have been Brass Eye. About a year ago, there was this completely drunk New York crowd in a bar watching a, a WWE event. And when Cena's music hits, everyone is singing along to the beach. John Cena sucks. John Cena sucks. And uh, I don't know if, if it was just a coincidence last night that that happened, but I thought that was awesome. I actually felt a little bad for Cena when that happened. They actually started the WrestleMania. Um, they were singing that. I'm not sure if it was heard on TV, um, but but at least the section I was in, everybody was chanting John Cena sucks to the theme song. So um, that that's where, you know, raw the, the raw uh, reaction came from, probably. Now, it seems to me like the crowd was very heel-heavy last night. Obviously, big into the Wyatt family, not digging John Cena. Even Brock got a little bit of love. I thought the Heyman promo was brilliant. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it, just, it just seemed like a very heel-oriented crowd last night. Yeah, but I, I think every post-WrestleMania Raw is like that. It's like the complete opposite because even last last year they were, you know, chanting for Ziggler and, you know, Fandango. So it, it's like it's becoming the norm that the post-WrestleMania Raw is a heel, you know, heel favorite um, show. Now, you, going back to Paige uh, showing up last night and having that segment with, with AJ, as soon as she got there, I'm like, they're going to put the damn title on page tonight. I mean, I just, I, I knew it was coming as soon as yep. she went out there and mm-hmm. confronted her. And, uh, you know, I like the fact that she got out of the uh, the Black Widow. But I got to say yeah. that the Paige Turner did not look that good last night. But no, she... that was kind of botched. And the credit to AJ because she bumped, <laughs> she bumped good for it, even though she didn't hit it. You know, Paige didn't hit it good. But 
she did the most out of it, AJ, I thought. Well, I think there had to be a lot of nerves involved there, too. I mean, this girl is coming up to the main roster now. And not only that, the post-WrestleMania show, where you know the crowd is sick. Yeah, so, she's 21, uh, too, so she's so young. Yeah, but, you know, I don't know how I feel about them putting the belt on her yet. Uh, we'll have to see where it goes, but, I mean, it was a pretty cool segment nonetheless. I remember this This happened, like, with Gail Kim, if I remember correctly. When she came in, she won the title on her first first appearance. That's am correct. I, am I, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You, yeah she, she absolutely did. She came in first night in the company and won the women's championship. Yeah, hopefully it turns out better than her this time around. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey, I mean, on the plus side, at least Gail Kim had a great career at TNA. True. As soon as as soon as her music hit, I mean, Jesus Christ, the crowd went crazy. Well, I mean, it, you could tell it was a smart crowd because they knew who she was. I mean, I, I don't know how much of the raw audience actually watches NXT, mm-hmm. but I mean, they definitely knew who the girl was. I mean, that that place went nuts last night when she came out. Either that, or they were so looking forward to a surprise that they just pulled for anything. Well, she definitely got a better response than Emma, I gotta say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully they don't put her with Santino in some crazy three-way. Please, God, no. No, I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh, you know, watching the show last night, I, I can't remember... Uh, well, let me ask you this. Watching the vignettes for Bo Dallas and Adam Rose, did mm-hmm. the crowd pop huge for that? Because we didn't really see the, the crowd popping yep, for that. Yep, they did. Especially for Bo. Um... Uh, I, uh, they they know him because he's been at the at the Rumble a couple of years ago. Was it last year or the year before? I think so. Um, yeah. So they know who he is. They probably know he's Way Bright's brother as well. So that's gonna help. Well, I think so. I'm actually looking forward to Adam Rose making his debut. Bo Dallas, I think, will do okay. I just hope that those guys don't get lost in the shuffle. And and you know, I'm a big fan of NXT, and I'm afraid that they're taking these guys away too soon. Uh, you know, I mean, they've got tons of talent down there. I know that hasn't even debuted, but. Uh, yeah, and not only that, they're 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 kind of coming together, you know, on TV together at the same time. So I'm not sure that's a very good idea, to be honest. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at the influx. We're gonna have Bo Dallas and Adam Rose debuting soon. Last night was the debut of Alexander Rusev, Rusev, who, yeah, who completely killed uh, Zack Ryder, who at least still has a job. He's this generation's Brooklyn Brawler. I I have to say, <laughs> it's funny. Who was in front of me this morning on and the security line going through? Uh, through the airport. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, with his hair all down. He he looked kind of weird without his hair spiked up. But you know, nobody bothered him. He you know he minded his own business and yeah. Mm-hmm. It was early in the morning though. What, Brox? I said woo woo woo. I'm flying. Hey, <laughs> the brother still has a job. Unlike some people, the brother still has a job. So true, true. But like I said, I I I think he's definitely this uh, this decade's uh, Steve Lombardi. <laughs> Yeah, he he's done his fair, you know, jo- job. So you know, I, I'm surprised he's still actually employed with the company. Him and JTG both. Oh yeah, is he still employed? He is. Oh. St- as far as I know, JTG still has a job at WWE. I haven't seen him there at all. Not even at Access. So hmm, well, weird. I think they keep Ryder around just in case they want to know if any lights are burnt out in the ceiling of any arena. He can answer that. <laughs> <laughs> His finishing move is lying flat on his back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which is sad. I like Ryder, but it's it's just never going to happen for him. But hey, no. on the plus side, if they let him go tomorrow, he'd be a huge star at TNA. Oh yeah, for sure. 
But uh, what were your thoughts on RVD making his uh, long-awaited return to the company last night? I don't think anyone cared, to be honest. (laughs) I kind (laughs) of felt the same way. It's like, oh, look, it's RVD. Awesome. They know he's going to come, you know, three months, and then he's going back home again. So screw him. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, seriously, of, of all the surprises we could have got last night, I think a lot of people were bummed that uh, Sting didn't show up, although he was sitting in the front row. Was he? There, there was a, there was a dude dressed up like Sting. He had the face paint on, sitting oh. in the front row. But now he, I think Sting was at a game with his son uh, last night, so he wasn't at the show. And a lot of people were looking forward to Sting possibly doing a promo or something or having a, a video package, but that didn't happen. But it looked like yeah. the crowd was just really into the show and really enjoyed what they did see. There was a big We Want Sting chant during one of the commercials, actually. So I did hear that, yes. What was yes. funny is as the show progressed, Colin, you have to watch the video of Raw from last night because you probably didn't catch it. As the show gets goes on and on, this guy dressed as Sting gets sadder and sadder and sadder. <laughs> Sting doesn't show up. <laughs> That's funny. Same time too. I mean, he looked like a perfect mime. He just kept doing the motions. You know, it's like, where's Sting? Where's my hero? <laughs> oh, and 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 you know, I got I gotta say, I thought that the way they handled the Daniel Bryan World Heavyweight Championship match last night. Between Triple H and, and Brian was fantastic. You know, having Orton and Batista go out there and squash him, and then Kane squash him, and then Triple H tried to squash him. Yep. And then the Shield came out, and what a fucking ovation those guys got. Oh, yeah. Everyone was kind of, when, when the match was announced, everyone was like, oh, my God, here we go again. They're going to take the title away. And I'm like, you know, knowing WWE, you kind of expect something like that to happen, to pull a swerve or something, but thankfully it didn't happen. Um, uh, but he had a shield. Yeah, Roman Reigns, I'm going to tell you, he's going to be a big star. I think so, too. And, you know, we talked about this on Sunday Night Showdown on Sunday. I think, you know, given the fact that the Undertaker streak has been broken by Brock Lesnar and they're going to do something huge with Brock, I know right now he's not on a full-time schedule, and when he comes back, I, I guess it's going to mean more for him to do something, but I almost think that going into WrestleMania 31, Brock's going to be the champion, and he's going to be just this undefeated beast, and I think that Roman Reigns is going to be the guy that beats Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. It's going to yeah, be he, he, he looks the most, you know, cred- not credible, but he, 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 he has a total package except for maybe for the mic skills, but that, that will, you know, change eventually, but uh, I, I like it, especially when he does the Superman punch and all, the, and all that stuff. He's I, I like him. I think that Superman punch is a thing of beauty. Oh yeah, surprised he isn't hasn't got sued yet. <laughs> maybe 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 down the road it'll happen, but uh... <laughs> when he comes even more famous, maybe. Well, I mean, I think he's got the best spear in the business. I mean, of course, right now, but you know, Goldberg had a great spear, Edge had a great spear, but it, it almost mm-hmm. looks like when Roman hits that spear, you. So many times, like when we're in chat during Raw, people will say, whoever he speared, he's dead. That guy's dead. And that's like the way it seems. There's so much violence behind it. Roman is brilliant. Rollins is very impressive. It almost seems like the guy who you thought would be the biggest star of the Shield and Dean Ambrose, I hate to say it, he's kind of relegated to third place. And I love Dean. I don't want people to think I'm crapping on him. But Rollins and Reigns have really let their stars shine in the last few months yeah i th- I think dean ambrose does a different job than what you know rollins and reigns do he's 
he's kind of like creepy actually um, when when he speaks and you know his 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 facial moves and stuff like that. And you know, yesterday I'm not sure if you saw the uh, the after show, they interviewed uh, the Shield in the ring, and he he got a massive pop, Dean Ambrose, when he started talking like, you know, you should ask Triple H what he thinks of the Shield now and stuff like that. So. Um, he was playing up the 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 the, uh, the crowd. Well, you know, Dean Ambrose. I think when he does promos, he almost seems to me like he's channeling Heath Ledger from The Dark Knight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's one of the things that makes him stand out. He's got that ring psychology. He's got that Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake. Exactly. I was gonna say he kind of reminds me of a Jake the Snake in a way. Yeah. It's just, it's just the, the the psychology of his promos. I mean, he's he's got it down pat. And you know, when when he first debuted, me and Harmony both thought this guy could be. The Shawn Michaels of this group, and uh, I still think he's going to have a lasting impact in the company. I just don't know, uh, you know, what it's going to be yet. I, like I said, Rollins has really impressed me in recent months, and Reigns, uh, I used to think was the weakest link of the bunch, but that guy, I think, is going to be the biggest star of the three. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree, hundred percent. Let's give some letter grades for Monday Night Raw. I'll start things off. I thought it was an A plus show. And I loved every damn minute of it. You know, in, in previous weeks, Raw has put me to sleep. I've just had to nudge myself to, to stay awake to get through it. And last night, it went by so quick. That three hours seemed like it was maybe maybe an hour and a half. It just blew by. True. Uh, I thought it was an A-plus show, too. Just, even just with the Paul Heyman promo. You know, he, he, you can't grade it anything less than that. Well, I, I love the direction with Cesaro. What I'm worried about, though, it, it's it's weird to me because he comes out with Brock and he's heel, and then he comes yep. out with Cesaro and then he's babyface. It's like well, that's because the crowd turned him into a babyface. That's true. But even still, this this feud they got going with uh, with Zeb and Swagger—they're the heels—and you know it's almost going to push Cesaro and Heyman into a babyface role, which is kind of weird. But we'll see how they how they tween it out. Bronx, what's your letter grade? Well, I mean, uh, I've said this before. One of the things that automatically gets a good letter grade for me is a lot of times I'll look at my clock and be like, oh, God, there's an hour and a half left. Mm-hmm. But when I can look at my clock and say, are you kidding me? There's only 20 minutes left to roar where I don't want it to end. Nothing else matters when that happens. I, I agree. I'll make it a three-way tie. A-plus all the way. The crowd was hot. The crowd was brilliant. The, the promo work was brilliant, and it truly felt like a beginning to a new season, which is what the Raw After Mania should be. A-plus, excellent show. Yeah, it did, feel, it did feel like a kind of a reboot, actually, yeah? Oh, big time. It, it was definitely a reboot. And you know what? The, one of the biggest pops that I thought was awesome last night, well, I mean, I don't know how it was in the arena, but for me, seeing the Ultimate Warrior come out and put the little mask on and yep. attempt mm-hmm. to shake the ropes, that was that was pretty huge. I kind of marked for that, so that was cool to see. Yeah, that. I think everyone was expecting him to come running down the island, <laughs> you know. But uh, when he came out, he didn't get that big of a pop, but when he to actually got the jacket, from next to the ring, that's when you know people went crazy. Yeah, that was that was a cool moment. I'm glad to see him finally inducted in the Hall of Fame, and that he's made nice with WWE. I'm glad to see that that's official. Oh yeah, it's, it's all about the money, man. I mean, he's gonna get paid millions probably, and the merchandise they're gonna sell for him. Oh man. Well, he made a ton of money off uh, WWE 2K14. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that too. And you know, the funny thing is, people will say, "Oh, well, he needs the money." He doesn't. He doesn't need the money. He's doing just fine, but he's going to be fine now for sure. Well, the more people have, the more they want, man. So absolutely, 
you you could you could see it at excess. You know, his merchandise was flying off the shelf. Oh, I bet. Well, I mean, Vince McMahon has proven in the past. I mean, if he forgave Bret Hart, if Vince sees dollar signs, he's willing yeah. to sit down and talk. You know, it's all about the money. I mean, let's face it. It's a money-driven business. I will give kudos to Vince McMahon for being uh, far more forgiving than I think people give him credit for. And the Warrior being forgiving, too. I mean, if if you can come back to a company after that self-destruction DVD... You're a forgiving dude. <laughs> and not only that, I think McMahon comes out even looking even stronger because, you know, you have guys like Warrior and Bret Hart who, you know, said so many bad things about the company and about Vince McMahon. Then for them to come back and embrace all of it, it's like, eh, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I think a lot of it was Bret Hart forgiving Vince McMahon. I mean, let's not forget... Brett did kind of get screwed a little bit, even though I kind of think yep. he brought it on himself. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, so, I mean, that's that's a two-way street. You know, we've seen business relationships in the WWE. Hulk Hogan came back, never thought that was going to happen. You know, he's been back a couple times since then. So, you know, they, they always say, you know, never say never. Never say never. The they all business. come back. They all One way do. or another, they all come back. You know, if there's a way to make money, people are going to capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. True. Now let's speaking of money. Let's go ahead and jump into WrestleMania 30. I gotta say, Colin, I'm sitting at home watching the WWE Network on 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 my uh, my Sony TV doing Sunday Night Showdown, and I think that the opening to WrestleMania 30 was quite possibly the best damn opening of any WrestleMania ever. Oh yeah, I I, I tweeted actually like. This is better than sex. I might have exaggerated a little bit, but it was pretty damn close. Let me tell you that. I mean, as a wrestling fan, you, you know, having those three in the same ring, I think for the first time ever, probably, um, uh, it was just bloody amazing. And the pop each of them got, I mean, Rock probably got the biggest one. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I didn't expect that to happen uh, um, as, a, as, a, as one segment. Well, I got to ask you, what was it like being in the Silver Dome? <laughs> can't believe he messed up twice oh my god and they were chanting like superdome after the first time he said it and then he said it again I'm like oh my god he is really getting old well i, I know brother I, I i love the reaction to hulk when he realized that he was saying the silverdome and not the superdome and he's oh yeah brother i was thinking about slamming the giant at the silverdome he it, though i mean credit to him he he, he got out of it <laughs> oh, he did, and, and then and then Stone Cold brought it right back. It's great to okay. be here in the Silver Dome. <laughs> I'm not sure. Did you see? Did you see the backstage video of before they came out? Yes. Or, and when he said Silver Dome, <laughs> they showed them both Rock and Austin laughing, and they're kind of talking. You know, probably they were saying, "Okay, let's you know do this to him and bring it back up and see what happens." Oh yeah, I, I was laughing my ass off, and and it, you know the funny thing is covering the show live. Uh, on Sunday Night Showdown, we have the, the headphones on, so I don't hear a lot of the stuff that was going on. And I completely missed the Silverdome reference till I <laughs> till I went back and watched it again. And I was like, holy shit, he actually called it the Silverdome and not the Superdome. But I love the crowd. Like, no, it's the Superdome. Yeah, oh, that was good stuff. At least they didn't turn on him. I was I was expecting the second time they were going, you know, to boo the hell out of him. But, you know, they were forgiving, actually. Yeah, I think they realized it was a legit mistake. It wasn't anything he was doing to get heat. But, you know, when you no, get... No, no, obviously not. You, you've got three of the greatest... I mean, we could spend all day going down the list. 
the mm-hmm. three biggest money makers, the three best talkers, and, and the three most iconic legends in wrestling. That's how you start a mania. That's how you get a crowd going. Yeah, I was expecting actually Vince McMahon to introduce Hogan because he, he, he never appeared on the show. Yeah, that was surprising to me to not see Vince at WrestleMania 30. So, and they didn't even do the America the Beautiful at the, at the beginning either. So, Oh, damn, you're right. They didn't. I didn't even think about that until you said that. Yeah, I, probably because of time constraints, probably. No, that's probably true. And they didn't even announce the, uh, the attendance, actually, like they usually do. So. Yeah, they must have been booked pretty heavy then, I mean, you know, with, with very little time to spare, I guess. Oh, yeah, I mean, the pay-per-view ended, what, six minutes before 11? So they were cutting it close. Well, yeah, I think that was exemplified, and I'm wondering what was the reaction like to the quickness of the Shield match? Because it, this is a true story. We had actually gone to commercial break, which gives us an opportunity to, you know, take a breather and, you know, mm-hmm. use the restroom, whatever. And when we come back, I'm looking at, at the, the WrestleMania stream, and I'm like, the match is over, and we're not even back from break yet. It was like, what, three minutes? Oh, yeah, we, yeah. Had, we, we had a three-minute break, and I think their match was two minutes. Yeah, I think the, the, the first segment and the, the uh, first match went, you know, almost an hour, probably an hour together. So, um, you know, you, you have to cut time somewhere. That's true. Yeah, I want to say that opening segment was about 20, 30 minutes. And then, yeah. then that massive match with Triple H and Brian, which I still think was probably the best match on the show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Triple H's intro was probably the coolest thing I've seen in wrestling in 20 years. Well, he's the boss, kind of, right? That's so. right. That's right. He's the man, right? But mm-hmm. it reminded me a lot of Mortal Kombat. It was Shao Kahn. Like he had Say that, again? He reminded me of Shao Kahn from the Mortal Kombat franchise. Oh, Mortal Kombat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what he looked like with the cape and the, the skull mask. And I'm like, oh, okay. We're channeling Shao Kahn tonight. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. I mean, yeah, and the use of the green laser, uh, that, was, that was a good, nice touch. And poor Daniel Bryan didn't get a WrestleMania entrance. He just came down. <laughs> that's all he needed though i mean the fans did the rest right that was a good visual uh, well absolutely and i think it, it exemplifies the point you know that here's this guy that the establishment is so against that they don't want him to be the man they're not even going to give him a wrestlemania entrance he's just going to come out and do his thing to his music and that's it and i think that that really helped to uh solidify the point that you know he's just a regular guy and i thought it worked <laughs> I actually thought their match was the match was going to be back to back. I was surprised it was the first one. That was a lot of the rumors. Bronx and I were talking about that. I was like, man, I hope that they don't do it back to back because that would be ridiculous. You know, those guys are going to be killed. I mean, they'll be dead by the time they're in the second match. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they pulled the old WrestleMania ten. You know, let's let's have this match first yeah. and. You know, we'll save the the best for last, and uh, you know it worked out really nicely. Yep. And I, you know, I got to say, the only match on the entire WrestleMania card that I thought was was crappy had to have been the Divas, uh, what I like to call the Divas abortion match, because it was <laughs> horrid. It was fucking it horrid. Was. I mean, when you have fourteen Divas in the same ring trying to pin each other, you know, it's a disaster. You know. Well, so. yeah, there was the one spot where like several of them had had pinned each other, and the referees like, who do I count? Yep. It was mm-hmm. a cluster, and I, I'm like, they actually booked this. Oh, uh, Actually, it went longer than I thought it would be. Oh, it went way too long. It, it should have been the two-minute match. <laughs> or it should have been, well, see, I think they didn't, they didn't want to make it like an over-the-top type thing because of the 30, excuse me, 31-man yeah. battle royal. But you could have maybe had 
you know, an elimination where everyone has to get pinned at some point. You could have sped it up. I mean, when I heard the one fall thing, I'm like, what? Yeah, I don't think they've ever done that before. And hopefully they never do it again. Yeah, true. Because it, it was a mess. You know, and, and AJ keeping the belt, you know, uh, going up against all the odds of 13 other divas was just crazy to me. But, hey, she yeah, got her Yeah, but I, I guess they did it to build, you know, for what happened on Raw eventually. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I don't know if she's taking time off or, you know, she's going to take her ball and go home with Punk. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Uh, the, the Battle Royal, I was amazed at. I mean, you know, the biggest pop had to have been when Cesaro picked up show and just dumped him over the top. I mean, that was. Oh, yeah. Everybody was like, and all is like, oh, my God, this guy is crazy. You know, people, you know, next to me, they were saying, oh, Big Show is going to win this blah 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 but you know um when when i didn't know who the other three um mis- no, so-called mystery um entrants were um because i from where i was sitting i couldn't see everyone in the ring um but yeah when when they told me cesaro was in, i'm like yeah he's gonna win it for sure i mean from the pop he got in the pre-show it was kind of a given that he was going to win it but um uh, uh, yesterday they said that, that there were 31 instead of, <coughs> instead of 30. Yeah, I think they just decided to add Cesaro after the pre-show, and, and then that's, that's how he got in. <laughs> I wonder who was going to win it then, because if he wasn't part of it. You know what's really neat? If, if both of you guys get a chance, JJ, you may have seen it. Colin, I don't know if you saw it yet. Someone posted on our Facebook group, somebody took a still of, and, of a Hogan having Andre in mid-slam, and below it... They have Cesaro hoisting up the big show and like the two moves are perfectly synchronized and they have on top WrestleMania three, WrestleMania 30. It's a really cool picture. Wow. I have to look that up. Well, you know, the, the thing about Cesaro that I always found cool is that, you know, he's not the biggest guy. Um, you know, when you look at him, he's not completely jacked. He's not a Brock Lesnar looking guy. But he's probably pound for pound the strongest guy they have in that company. Uh, oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I think it's all the power lifting he does. Oh, know? I think so. I mean, you know, if he can spin the great Kali and spin the big show, and, you know, then we got to see him actually throw the big show out. Uh, I popped for that huge. And, you know, a lot of people were like, well, big show's going to win. And I'm like, if big show wins, it'd be ridiculous because he won the mock battle royal on Raw last mm. week. Yep. So I, w- I was pulling for Ziggler myself, but. Damn that Del Rio and that super. Yeah, kick. people actually booed when Ziggler went off. So um, oh, I was mad. You should have heard the. If you get a chance, listen to the archive. I was mad. I'm like, no, I was, I was pissed. I was like, God damn it! <laughs> I went off, but I was, I was happy with the end result with Cesaro. So, uh, you know, oh yeah, I oh yeah, I, I think it was the right choice to be honest. I think so too. Now we got the big elephant in the room. Uh, you know, <laughs> go, going into this pay per view. Going into WrestleMania 30, I've said it on the show for weeks now. I wasn't into the build for Undertaker and Lesnar because I didn't feel that Taker physically could handle Lesnar. And on many attempts and on many shows, I said that I was afraid that Brock was going to hurt the Undertaker because he doesn't realize his own strength. Yep. And that if Brock was to lose to the Undertaker, it would do more harm to Brock Lesnar. Lo and behold, the streak finally gets broken by Brock Lesnar. And to a stunned crowd in the oh Superdome. Oh, my God. It's like somebody pulled the plug <laughs> of the Silverdome. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was just amazing. I mean, I've never heard a crowd going from, you know, chanting and yelling and clapping to a complete dead silence. 
You could have dropped a pin and heard it. I mean, in stereo. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And the WWE made damn sure to have the camera crew ready. Because, I mean, they showed at least a dozen reactions. And yep. everybody, mm-hmm. from men to women to children, were like, what? <laughs> yep, exactly. But, but, it, was, it was just, you know, an unbelievable experience, actually. <laughs> um, I'm happy I was there for it. Um, but it kind of killed the crowd, to be honest. It but, did. You know. I mean, it did. It, it was that shock value that they wanted to go for. You know, what, what kills me is that, uh, believe it or not, people are still debating the finish of the match. That Brock, There are people that believe that Brock went off script and uh-huh. just went into business for himself and pinned The Undertaker. That's the rumor that's going around. <laughs> they, they know who's going to win before they step out into the ring. Yeah. The referee. And they have the graphic ready, and, you yeah. know, like you said, all the cameras were positioned, you know, um, for the face reactions, so... I mean, no, nobody expected it. I don't think if you went and asked all the 75,000 people who were there that, you know, the streak was going to end, everyone would have said you're crazy. Well, I mean, come on. If, look, if Brock would have went off script, the locker room would have emptied and he would have been beaten into paralysis in the ring if he would have <laughs> went off script. I mean, come on. And then they have the 20. No, they just happened. Okay, it was planned for Taker to win. But within 10 seconds, somebody put together a beautiful 21 and one logo. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, well, but yeah. It's just people not accepting the fact that it happened. That's all. But at the same time, had The Undertaker gone over Brock Lesnar, it would have been like, oh, Undertaker won again. You know, I mean, that's what, that's what kills me about people's reactions. We, we, you know, a lot of people will be like, well, you know, he, he beat Brock Lesnar. It's not a big deal. It's, you know, it's a streak. We knew he was going to win. So I think that they did the right thing. By, first of all, putting it on a guy like Lesnar, who legitimately is a guy that should be the guy to beat The Undertaker. You yeah. Know? And obviously that was that was Taker's choice. That's who he wanted to take him out. So that's what yeah, we got. And, and we, we talked about it a bit on, on, on Facebook um, on, you know, Sunday after the show or whatever. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was surprised that, you know, Taker was actually okay with, you know, Lesnar going over because they're not exactly best of friends. Right. But, you know... For him, you know, it shows how much of a professional he is. You know, and it goes back, like, to Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels again back at the Survivor Series. You know, for The Undertaker to job to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania and, you know, end the streak, it's like, you know, what more can you say about the guy? That's true. I mean, you know, we talked about this too. Brock has been the guy that's always dominated The Undertaker on pay-per-view. There's mm-hmm. never been a pay-per-view that's match they've had yeah. where, where Undertaker beat him. So... It just seems like the right choice to do. And, and I think that when somebody steps up and beats Brock Lesnar, then that's going to be a career-making thing because they beat the guy that beat the guy that beat the streak. Yeah. So that's... And, I mean, I, I, was, I wasn't pissed that, you know, he lost, but I was a bit angry that he lost to a part-timer. But, you know, then the next day, you know, you, know, you start thinking about it and, you know, it's different thoughts come into mind and it all starts to make sense eventually. But. It does, and I hope that you know, with Brock taking this little break right now, I hope he comes back by SummerSlam and they do something big with him, like maybe Daniel Bryan drops the belt to him at SummerSlam, and then he's back full-time up into WrestleMania because I think having a monster Brock Lesnar, who is the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, who has matches with John Cena and Batista and Orton and everybody on the roster, and he dominates them and he beats the crap out of them, and then you bring a guy like Roman Reigns in, if that's the guy they want to go with at the Rumble. Mm-hmm. 
and he wins, and you put him in that championship match, and he's the guy that beats Brock Lesnar, there you go. Yep. Well, I think it's, it's, sorry, Colin. No, I, go I, ahead. Go ahead. All right. I think it's also Taker saying that, you know, I can't go anymore. And as long as I have the streak, it's going to be a big thing. I I said this Sunday, and I keep reiterating this because people aren't thinking of the psychology. Taker didn't necessarily give up the streak to Lesnar. What he did was he passed it to Lesnar because now the streak isn't important anymore. The guy who beat the streak is. So eventually through Taker. By giving that to Brock, whoever ends up beating Brock finally, it's almost like they beat the streak. It's the same thing. He's just passing it on sooner than, let me tell you, if Taker was physically able to go another five years, that wouldn't have happened. I think Taker knows he's done, and that's why he did it. Yeah, I mean, the match itself was a bit boring, to be honest. Um, You know, it, it was, and a lot of people have been talking about this. Oh, it was it was the worst Undertaker match ever. No, no, it wasn't the worst Undertaker match ever. Oh, no, it wasn't. And, but, and it wasn't. Know, when you compare it to the previous matches he had with CM Punk, Triple H, you know, Edge, and uh, Shawn Michaels, obviously it's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to look bad compared to them. Oh, I agree. But I, I think the thing that's different about this match as opposed to those is it was a brawl, and it was almost at times a ufc style bout and that's that's what they went for you know undertaker has always teased wanting to get into mma you know had Mm -hmm. wrestling not been the big thing and mma was the big thing he would have got into that so i think taker by doing this yeah it was kind of boring and it obviously didn't live up to triple h or hbk or any of those other matches it was a different style but i don't think it was the worst match he's ever had i mean you got to credit giant gonzalez for that one yeah but it's you know, it, it kind of shows you as well how good people like Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Edge, and CM, Park, CM Punk are to carry that match with The Undertaker. I mean, he could barely walk. Correct. So, you know, putting him with another slow wrestler, it's kind of a... Uh, but, you know, it, it, it was all right. I mean, I, I no complaints as such for, for the match because everybody knew that it wasn't going to be a big one like like when he went against Shawn Michaels or Triple H, but it was what it was, you know. Absolutely. Uh, going into the main event, uh, you know what? The main event was better than I thought it was. I, abs- I absolutely loved the spot where they did the powerbomb and the RKO to Daniel Bryan, and it oh looked to me... It looked to me like Orton got hurt off of that move because the monitor was under the table. And he, he landed, landed right on the monitor, yeah. It was sick, man. I mean, cut his back open, and, and I thought surely he had some vertebrae damage, but I haven't heard anything, so I guess he's okay. Oh, yeah. He he, he looked okay yesterday for sure, at least. Um, uh, but I, I, it did hurt. You could see it. It did hurt. Well, yeah. I mean, those, those monitors are, you know, some real thick metal, and that shit yeah, doesn't, yeah. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't mesh well with the back. Uh, you know, I thought this match was was exactly what it needed to be. I thought they pulled out all the stops to stop Daniel Bryan. They had some great near falls where Batista was within an eyelash of winning. And I thought, oh, my God, if he wins, the crowd's going to come unhinged. Uh, <laughs> but but at the end of the night, everybody got the WrestleMania moment they were looking for. Daniel Bryan, 75,000 in the Silverdome. Uh, I'm sorry, the Superdome. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're going crazy. And I think that's exactly what they wanted. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, um I don't usually like three-way matches as main events for WrestleMania. Like, I hate it when they did the Fatal 4-Way at WrestleMania 2000. Um, but I think this was the correct, you know, the, if if they went with 
Orton and Batista alone, I think the crowd would have, you know, shed all over it. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. I mean, plus it's a double heel match, so it's like, what's the point? Yeah, and especially after you know the Undertaker defeat, uh, there was no way they were they were going to send the crowd home, you know, on another downer. So no, that's a good point. Uh, and finally, before I let you go, just real quick thoughts on the hall of fame was there at least one thing that you took away from the hall of fame for me i learned a lot about mr t's mama oh my god <laughs> um, <laughs> unbelievable um i thought him and lita were went way too long for you know who they are nothing nothing against them but you know when you have people like scott hall there and uh jake the snake who obviously did more for the business than than they did i thought you know the timing were a bit you know, off. Um, I thought it was rude for, you know, to cut Mr. T off. But, you know, <laughs> probably he would have gone on forever if he if nobody came out and tell him to, you know, shut up and leave. Um, oh, well, you know, I mean, he he was talking for like, it seemed like 20 minutes about his mama. He's like, it doge me for a moment while I talk about my mama. You know, and I'm thinking, okay, let's rein this in. Let's get to a point here, you know. Uh, yeah. and, and he just kept going. And, and I thought and it was. And I cut Lita off, too. Yeah, I think so too. Well, she was she was going way too long, and I was bored to tears with Lita. It's like, okay, she's telling some stories, yeah, okay, but she bored me to tears. You know, I, I was disappointed with the shortness of Razor, and he did that because everybody else kind of went long. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and and that to me, I, I was really looking forward to hearing what Scott Hall had to say. But you know, yeah. he, he kept it short, he kept it sweet, and he kept it classy, and and I was very proud. He looked, of him. He looked good. He looked fantastic actually well brothers brothers looking great i hope that they end up doing something with him bring him in as a commentator or at least give him some kind of legends contract to help out because he's looking fantastic even jake Jake was looking good oh yeah jake looks good too you know carlos cologne i'm still kind of like okay i don't think anybody cared about him to be honest well the only reason they brought him in was so they get his tape library oh yeah oh yeah you know And, and i thought warrior was fantastic yeah i i think Probably the people were a bit disappointed with the warrior because they were expecting like him to go, you know, all ape shit and you know start shooting on everybody. But I don't think that's the place to do it. So I I, I loved it more than he that he came out and he you know he was respectful to everybody. Well, maybe except for Teddy Biazzi. Um, <laughs> ah, but he deserved that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was <laughs> awesome. I mean, it was like. I think he got his shots in, but you know what? It, what's weird about the Warrior is, you go back to his promos and you think that this is a guy with like a seventy-five IQ who's just going nuts, and then when he stands there and you realize how intelligent that he is, and that speech was crafted so well where he got his shots in, but he didn't look bad doing it. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't look disrespectful to people. So not at all. Yeah, I think I th- I thought that was a good speech. And people actually, before, when when they thought he was going to, you know, um, go home, and then he said, "I have a couple of more things to say," and people were like, "Oh," because it, it it dragged a bit as well. It was like eleven thirty when it finished, so that's three and a half hours just listening and listening. And the and the thing that irritated people was that they switched off the the big TV screen behind uh, on the stage, so nobody could see what was going on. And then they switched on the screens, which are uh, on, next to the ceiling, or yeah. hanging from the ceiling. Oh, yeah. So if you're sitting far, you couldn't see anything because they just had the Hall of Fame logo behind 
and they stopped the video after like the first uh, after actually halfway through Lita's speech they switched it off for some reason I don't know and they started chanting turn 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 it back on something like that and they they didn't so I think that annoyed a lot of people and um, probably took away from some of the concentration of, on, on the speeches. It was TNA that could only afford 30 minutes of screen. <laughs> 30 minutes you're being kind. They could afford about five minutes of fucking screen time. <laughs> I don't know why they did it, though, because every year they, they show it on the big screen. So that's kind of odd. Yeah, that was kind of odd. Well, Colin, I want to thank you for stopping by and uh, being a part of the Raw reaction tonight, kind of giving us a little bit of perspective of what it was like to be there live in New Orleans. Well, thank you guys for having me. Well, we'll definitely bring you back more often, man, now that you've, yes, uh, now that you've been Hopefully on the show. Hopefully next, next year at WrestleMania, man, we meet up again. Oh, I'm looking forward to it if we do, because that, that's going to be fun. Yep. All right, Colin, we'll talk to you later, bud. All right, see you guys. All right. Enjoy your time in Vegas. Thank you. Pray for me, please. Yeah, 10 days in Vegas. He's going to be broke going back, folks. We'll have to pay to fly him out. I, I accept PayPal if, if you guys you know, want to help. All right, man. Have fun in Vegas. Thank you. See you. All right. Later. Bye. All right, guys. That was Colin Vaslo, wrestling-online.com. It's time to take our commercial break. Talk to, talk to Anthony Farley about NXT, News of the Week. I want to hear from you guys on what you thought about WrestleMania and Raw last night. We'll be opening up the phone lines as well. You're listening to SNS Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. We'll be right back. Come get on the train. <laughs> Clipping ain't easy. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brian Williams, senior game designer at 2K Sports. And you're listening to SNS Radio Network with my man, Jeff Jackson. Hey guys, JJ Sexay here. Are you looking for the latest news in both professional wrestling and mixed martial arts? Well, check out www.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for one of the longest-running newsletters in professional wrestling over 16 years. And just like Wrestling News Live, it's absolutely free. Join over 27,000 other subscribers, wrestling-online.com. You will learn to pronounce my name properly. Wrestling. Dash online dot com. Hey everybody, this is the Bronx Father to tell you about the Get In The Zone podcast every weekend right here on the SNS Radio Network with myself, my co-host, Anthony Farley, and bringing you the TNA recap. No, God, please, no, no! L-Train. We also cover SmackDown, some news, and you might even get moments like this. Oh, my brother! Testify! Wow. 
award. Oh my god. <laughs> wow, that that was that wasn't half bad. <laughs> what the f <laughs> To quote see since I'm imitating since I'm imitating Devon tonight, I might as well run the gamut of black wrestlers and go with Booker T. Tell me I did not just hear that. It's one of those things to edit. <laughs> to edit or not to edit? That is the question. For the reaction to Anthony, you cannot edit this one. Oh, shit. Anthony's dead. He's just done. Oh, we might as well just end the show right now. So... Check out the archive every single weekend and drop us an email anytime. SNS get in the zone at gmail.com. Right here on the SNS Radio Network. of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. and each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. And I want to take a moment to let you guys know that personally, I appreciate the support that we've had here on the SNS Radio Network over the years. And I'm here to tell you about a new way that you can help us out and show your support for the SNS Radio Network. We now have a way for you to uh, donate to the SNS Radio Network. If you go to the SNSRadioNetwork.com main page, scroll down, there is now a donate button on the page. Now, I'm not saying you have to donate to us, but your donation is very appreciated as we do a lot of hard work on the SNS Radio Network, spend a lot of our time and our own money to make sure that you guys have uh, entertaining podcasts and live shows on the SNS Radio Network. So to those who have donated so far, on behalf of the SNS Radio Network, we appreciate you and your continued support. And for those that will donate in the future, again, we thank you for your support of the SNS Radio Network. www.snsradionetwork.com 
providing you with free podcasts since 2010. Welcome back to SNS Unplugged. And now, back to Bronx and JJ. I think we're fighting authority right here on the stream tonight. <laughs> My God. Uh, that was the craziest thing ever. You know, we're sitting here broadcasting, and all of a sudden, the server shuts off. Totally kicks us out of uh, Shoutcast. But you know what? Just like Daniel Bryan, we managed to overcome the odds. The authority did not win this time. We're back on the air, and Daniel Bryan is the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. I am Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, and joining me on the Line all the way from New York City. He's my co-host, ladies and gentlemen. He is Bronxzilla, Tony J. Mirabella. And we have lost Bronx. But what we do have, while Bronx reconnects to the call, we do actually have Anthony Farley on the line. What's going on, Anthony? Hey there, JJ. Uh, sorry I wasn't here last week. So something came up. Well, you know, like, like I said, uh, it's not a big deal. You know, life comes first, man. Glad you could make it this week. I think we have Bronx back. Bronx, are you with us? Skype put me on hold for Farley. Really? Really. <laughs> I look on my screen and like, you're on hold. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's fucked up, yo. Oh, this is awesome. First, I had to kick the stream in the balls. Now I may have to kick Skype. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, man, they're against us. I don't know what's going on. Who do we piss off this week? A lot of people probably people pissed off every week. <laughs> some things, some things never change. Oh man! Well, Anthony, how you doing, man? Uh, pretty good. Like you guys, I enjoyed WrestleMania. Even though Big Am got you got into a big rant at me because I asked about the post show, which I can understand. Seriously, what motherfucker is going to ask me when I'm doing four hours <laughs> for a pay per view if I'm going to do a post show? 
I, I meant not like a big like hour one. Something like you guys did in the end, like a 15-minute thing. Da, 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 da. Well, can, can, let me ask you a question, Anthony. Yes. Do we not do that every fucking show for Sunday Night Showdown? Do we not always wrap it up with like a little 15-minute, 20-minute post show to wrap things up? Yes. Okay, I was wrong. So yeah. then, So then why would I fucking change the way that I do things? I don't know. It's just... At least you didn't have to bleed onto your mic. Well, goddamn, I felt like you wanted another two hours. Like, what the fuck? I felt like I needed to bleed in the goddamn microphone. I thought I was going to have to give you one of my fucking kids. <laughs> oh, God. oh, God. What do you want from me, Farley? <laughs> you know, oh, I, I tolerate Lord. you on the show. I don't shoot you in the kneecaps every week. And you want me to fucking put blood into the microphone and give you another two hours when I've already done a fucking four-hour show. What the fuck is wrong with you? I think we should start doing a post show to unplugged. Fuck like you. <laughs> Fuck both of you. Breathe, JJ, breathe. I swear to God, I feel like the Rodney Dangerfield of internet radio. I get no fucking respect. I get no respect. Eh? Oh, dear Lord. Um, But... As you guys did, I enjoyed the WrestleMania, the Raw, even Hall of Fame, even including the Mike, uh, Mr. T thing. Good Lord, what the hell was that? My mama and me. <laughs> I wish I could see. Oh, God, fucking Mr. T. Of all things, man. You know, and, and supposedly he's upset that his Hall of Fame speech got cut short. Well, maybe had he actually got to the point and talked about how he enjoyed helping put WrestleMania on the map rather than, look, the sentiment was there. I understand where he was going with the, with the Hall of Fame speech. We get it, dude. You didn't need to go 20, 30 minutes telling us how you shared a urinary tract with your mother. We didn't need to know that you came from her vagina. We, we pretty much figured that one out. You know, I love my mother too, but I'm not going to talk about her for 20 minutes. I, I just thought it was too much. But anyway... I digress. Enough about Mr. T. Yeah, and unfortunately, I was not here to recap last the NXT episode that was two weeks ago. But I'll just say that was a good show, and watch the return match between Adrian Nelva and Bo Dallas. That was a good match. I did see that match. That was the only thing I saw on the previous week's NXT. But let's jump into what happened this past week on NXT. All right, it started off with Emma going against Sasha Banks with Charlie in the corner. Emma did a little shenanigans in between when she was doing a drop toe hold, shoulder tackle, and body slam. It stopped, though, when Banks was able to throw her into the bomb turnbuckle. But offense would change again when um, she missed the leg drop. And after um, avoiding an attempt at an interference by um, Charlotte, Emma was able to get the win thanks to hooking on to Emma Lock to get the win. And... That was a good match in my opinion, but it's nothing real big. Um, we had Mojo Riley highlight video, which I agree with JJ is not really that big of a deal. And it's saying that he has a match next week. He don't and get then, hype. He stays hype. And then we had the NXT Tag Champions, Ascension versus Jack Hurley and John Vandal. This is just another squash match for the, the champions. The only real highlight was when um, Connor did repeated slams on Vandal, where he kind of hit the ropes every time with the fans chanting one more time. In the end, they win with using the fall man, which is like 
Sorry. They're a good team. The fans are with them, but give them something, a long-term thing, or a more established team to go against. And before the next match, the uh, uh, ring announcer announces that um, Tyler Breeze has entered the building, which JJ's probably like, oh, yes, thank you. And we have now Xavier Woods versus Brodus Clay. And Bro- uh, Woods tries to get the advantage with doing drop kicks and a series of kicks. But in the end, he's taken down with a T-bone suplex and actually hit with a heart punch. And after he comes back, though, trying to fight, get the advantage. But in the end, he gets hit with um, Clay's um, headbutt tackle move before getting hit with a power bomb and then a corner uh, splash from the second rope to give him the win. He then takes the mic and saying, like, you fans, you took away my tag partner, my music, my girls, and also my pride, self-dignity. He says, now I'm going to take back, take it all back and by winning the NXT title from Adrian Neville. Okay, and so hold on a second. So you're, you're telling me, and I didn't see the show, you're telling me that Brodus Clay, the main event player, the main event player that started a feud with Xavier Woods on Raw, is finishing out the feud on NXT and has now decided that rather than compete for the IC or the U.S. title or any other title, he's going to go to the, the, the developmental territory and go after the NXT title. Man, talk about your main event player right there, I tell you, folks. Yeah, he's such a main event player. You can be main event NXT. But the one thing I got pissed off here was the fans doing the what chant every time Brodus didn't say something. I was like, God, that what chant? I wanted to die. Because they don't care about Brodus Clay. Nobody gives a fuck about Brodus Clay. I yeah, mean, the only, reason, the, ch- the only reason people liked him was because he had a cool theme song that used to be, you know, Ernest the Cat Miller's, and he had two hot chicks that fucking came down with him. Nobody gave a shit about Brodus Clay. The fucking Funkasaurus gimmick was the stupidest thing they ever did. The day yeah, he I'm debuted think- it, I fucking said it wasn't going to fucking last. I mean, yeah, shit, I'm- he took his theme music. He can't even call his mom anymore. I know. Now Now Xavier Woods is calling his mama. And I don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. But all I know is he's calling his mama. <laughs> might be calling Mr. T's mama. He might be. Oh, boy. Um, it looks though what they're going to do what you were saying originally should have done with Brodus, making him something like a monster guy, basically just beat up people. Yeah, Brodus should have been like the second coming of King Kong Bundy. When they were doing that whole... You know, fall of man gimmick, you know, for Brodus, and he was supposed to debut as this dark character, and he was going to be a badass. They completely dropped the ball and made him the Funkasaurus and made him kid-friendly, and it sucked. And now he's trying to, to reestablish what he is, and I don't know that he can get to that point. I think that in a couple of years, Brodus is going to be working on the independence again. I, I just don't see a long-term uh, career for Brodus Clay because I feel like they've ruined him. I'd like to see him get something because the guy's talented. And I think he can fucking work, you know? And I think he could be a badass if they let him. But I, I just think they've killed him with the, the whole Funkasaurus gimmick. Yeah. Um, after the Brodus uh, talking in the ring, we go to the back where Adrian Neville's responding. He's saying that you, apparently uh, Clay's coming here, not trying to make himself known again in Raw or SmackDown like that. So he thinks... He's going to win the NXT title, get his self-respect, and then leave again. Now, you earn your stripes here in NXT. So if you earned your ch- title shot here, and I'll give it to you. Then we have Tyler Breeze versus Yoshi Tatsu. 
I kind of like to hear where they had Breeze actually more aggressive in this match, hitting like um, a snapmare, then followed by a kick to the back, and just starts pummeling um, Tatsu in the, repeatedly before just picking him up and then hitting the beauty shot for the win. It was a, kind of a squash, but established that Breeze is like more, I don't care if you hit me in the face anymore, I'm just going to beat you up. Tyler Breeze, still one of my favorite characters in NXT. You know, I, I don't want them to bring him to the main roster right now, considering that they're about to bring, you know, Adam Rose, who I'm happy that they're bringing him, but I think it might be a little too soon. Even yeah. though even though he's been there for a while and he was Leo Kruger, uh, I felt like they should have debuted the Adam Rose character on Raw as opposed to on NXT, because I think it would have went over like Rover, and it still will when it does debut. But I think it would have been something fresh and new had they saved it for Raw instead of brought it to NXT. And then we got Bo Dallas, who obviously is coming in. Uh, I just think the timing is weird to have both of those guys kind of come in at the same time. Yeah, and also with Alexander Rusev with Lana. Nemanja, um, Nemanja. <laughs> after the match, we had an interview with Sami Zayn saying that he's okay and the doctors cleared him for action when he's supposed to have his match against Corey Graves, which he's promised to get even with them. We have then a backstage exclusive with Graves saying that that Sane's apparently the up and comer whose journey too far up to the into the woods has gotten his leg caught in a trap and he's the wolf and what's to come won't be pretty. Which I'm like, all right, pretty interesting. Um, then there's a video package for the NXT Women's Champion page before we get another backstage exclusive with her saying that she has. When they ask about Charlotte confronting her after the NXT arrival, she says she has no problem doing that, but she, they should have gave her the moment, her moment just to celebrate that time. And says if Charlotte wants a title shot, just get, what, get away from your dad, behind your daddy and come face me face to face. Which I'm like, definitely they're setting up something between Charlotte and Paige down the road. Um, then there's Sami Zayn versus Corey Graves. Graves starts off by basically avoiding... Zane for a while, but then finally um, he um, gets taken down to the outside by Zane, who then hits a flip over the top to the floor. And it looks like he has control until um, when he tries to do a shoulder tackle between the ropes to um, Graves' stomach, he gets hit with a knee lift. And Zane's now starting to show he's apparently still suffering the post-concussion he had from a couple weeks ago. And Graves is just continually working on the head doing like head, like back, all kinds of moves and like that. It actually gets close to a win by doing a reverse side suplex and an over-the-head backbreaker, but these just give him a two-count. The match goes on for a while, and Zayn was able to come back, hitting a T-bone suplex into the corner and a blue thunder bomb. But when as the match is going on, you can see he's starting to feel more groggy and all that from the concussion. He even tries to go up to the top rope, but he can't go past the second one. So, and he just goes back to the floor. The ref's checking on about to call the match, but he says, don't. I can continue. The distraction allows Graves to hit a form to the back of the head. and allows him to hook on the lucky 13. And when the ref sees that Zayn's not really able to respond, he calls the match and gives Graves the win. This was a pretty good um, NXT show from top to bottom. Like that. And I'm liking the feud between Graves and Zayn. Something for these guys to do when they're not involved in NXT title. And I hope it continues. 
Yellow. One one second. My daughter just came in studio. Talk amongst oh. yourselves. Well, Bronx, how you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good, man. Good job on the NXT recap. Pretty good. We're still doing getting the zone later this week. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I love that I tell you fuckers to talk between yourselves. You're like, uh, so, uh, what's up? How's tricks? Uh, what'd you have for breakfast? Oh, I had cereal. Uh, I had tricks. How's the weather uh, over there? How's the weather? Are we still going to do a show this week? Oh. Are you fucking kidding me? What the fuck is wrong with you assholes? <laughs> fuck, my daughter comes down to tell me good night. I give her a hug and a kiss and send her to bed, and you motherfuckers are talking about fucking... How's your fucking week been? We doing a show this week? We're doing a show right now, you dumb sons of bitches. We got thrown off track. You, you said God damn it. <laughs> damn. And, and you host your what... own fucking show. I don't know what the fuck to say. Look, I don't want look, to. I'm, I'm fucking Han Solo on this bitch, and you're my Chewbacca. You're supposed to be able to fucking be a co-pilot and fucking run shit. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? He asked me the question. I just responded. Are we going to uh, do the zone? Well, unless I tell you otherwise, yeah. <laughs> getting back to NXT, I'm with JJ saying that having both Dallas and Oh, are you sure you want to talk about NXT? Let's talk about doing getting the zone this week, shall we? Are, are we doing a getting zone? Oh, are you guys doing a getting the zone this week? Yes. <laughs> and, and what's going to happen on getting the zone this week? I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm just holding my bated breath. Might talk about that video you posted on the damn Facebook group. If we don't shut the fuck up, there might not be a get in the zone this weekend. So I think we better move on. You thought that bitch at the fucking drive through window was crazy. You keep fucking fucking my show up, and I'm going to show you fucking crazy. Oh, dear Lord. CJ Styles says, JJ, eat a Snickers. <laughs> you're not you when you're upset. You're right. You're right. All right. Let's get back on fucking track. Thank you for the NXT recap, Anthony. Oh, damn. Anything else before you exit stage left or I throw you out stage right? <laughs> Just don't shoot me in the kneecaps when you throw me out. You ask me if I'm doing a fucking post show again, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. I will kick your kneecap out from <laughs> underneath you and throw you off a fucking bridge. Do you understand? Yes, sir. All right. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll talk to you again next week. And I'm sure we'll hear from you this week on Get in the Fucking Zone. Good night. <laughs> Bye. I swear. What the fuck oh is wrong God. with you people? Oh, I can't breathe. Well, we do have some news of the week that we need to get through. Again, thank you, Anthony, for the NXT recap. Very well done. I'm going to breathe now. I'm okay. We could, Anthony and I could do a post show tonight about what we had for dinner. and <laughs> Talking about Fruity Pebbles and shit? I don't know. What the fuck you talking about? I Drink should probably stop now, shouldn't I? You probably should. Okay. You probably should. <laughs> Anyway, we do have some news of the week sponsored by our good friends over at wrestling-online.com. Good old Colin Vaslow in Vegas, Las Vegas for the next 10 days. The brother's going to be broke soon, but I appreciate him joining us for the Raw Reaction segment. If you haven't gone to wrestling-online.com, go check it out. Get all your wrestling news there, MMA news, you name it, they got it. Sign up for the newsletter. It's absolutely free, just like all the other shows here on the SNS Radio Network. Notice I said all of them, not some of them. They're all fucking free right here on the SNS Radio Network. If you sign up for the newsletter, you get that thing, I don't know, three, four times a week, depending on how busy the news week is. That being said, let's get down to the news. 
Going for the News, sponsored by Wrestling-Online.com. All right, man, this first one comes to us. Uh, WWE has actually lost a court case over the weekend to keep bootleggers at bay in New Orleans. Have you heard about this, Bronx? Yeah, I did, and it was. I even commented on it, but let's, you know, you go ahead, and then I'll, I'll tell you what I said. Well, the Hollywood Reporter is a story online how the company has lost a fight in court to keep unauthorized merchandise from being sold in New Orleans over the weekend. The site was the suit was filed by WWE on March 26th against anonymous defendants who would be selling unofficial merchandise, and the company filed a motion to seal the details. However, on Tuesday, U.S. District Judge Helen Berrigan basically told WWE to get lost as their request to control the five-mile radius of the Superdome was denied. The problem with the plaintiff's request is apparent once one recalls and the order request is not directed against a single named, identified, or even described person. All the defendants are John Doe's, and plaintiff provides no particular information about the identity of any of them, she wrote. At best, plaintiff describes defendants almost Todd tautologically i've never even heard that word before defendants are anyone who would be a proper defendant within broad geographic and temporal limits WWE filed a motion for reconsideration although it's unlikely that the judge would reverse the decision in response to the judge's decision the WWE issued the following statement to the hollywood reporter it is customary practice for all touring shows to ask for a temporary restraining order to prevent their fans uh, from getting counterfeit and inferior goods Merchandise sales are important to the promoter as well as the arena and the stadium in which they play. Sales of legitimate merchandise generate revenue for that promoter, the arena, and the local municipality. This is the first time the WWE has experienced a negative decision for temporary restraining order by a federal judge. See, I got to side with WWE on this one. You know, I mean, you, I get where they're coming from. Again, it's hard to, to pinpoint the name of the person who's doing it in particular. I mean, cops aren't going to patrol that large a radius for a freaking wrestling show and, you know, write down the names of everyone selling illegal shit. At the end of the day, you get what you pay for. And I've known people who've bought and bootleg WWE merchandise, and then you put the shit in the washing machine, and when it comes out, you've no longer violated copyrights because the logos are fucking gone. So, I mean... I see both sides. The judge is saying there's no way we could, you know, carry a lawsuit this wide. But I understand WWE's side as well that, you know, definitely it, it, it hits them in the pocket when people buy bootleg shit. So I don't blame WWE for at least trying. Well, you know, a swing and a miss. Unfortunately, like I said, this is the first time they've uh, not been able to do this. But, you know, I, I can see both sides of the coin. So I'm sure a lot of bootleggers counterfeiters outside the superdome made a ton of money over the weekend yeah but again karma's a bitch and go wear that shirt for two days and wash it and see what happens <laughs> but at the same time WWE made a shitload of revenue too so uh you know it is what it is over the weekend hall of famer jim ross hosted two sessions of his show ringside an evening with jim ross uh, one of which at the house of blues in new orleans in front of jam-packed crowds the early session had a surprise guest in the form of Jim Cornette, while the late-night session had an even bigger surprise, Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
JR recounted stories from his childhood living on a farm before going into details about his early days in professional wrestling and then moving on to his eventual departure from WCW because he was, quote, too Southern and then joining WWE. A Q&A then proceeded at the late night session was interrupted when the host read a question from a tweet, obviously a setup about JR's favorite Texan, apart from Dr. Death. JR said he'd have to think about that, but not for long, and said the person is right here in New Orleans. The crowd erupted at the obvious answer, and out came fellow WWE Hall of Famer Steve Austin to a large ovation from the crowd. Austin then spent the rest of the show answering questions from the fans alongside Jim Ross. Sounds nice. I mean, those two have had a friendship for so long, so that sounds really cool that that happened. And, you know, there's so many other things to see and do at Mania. You don't just, you know, you don't just go to Mania. I mean, there's the Hall of Fame, there's the Raw afterwards, there's all the access stuff, there's all the the celebrities that are there. So that sounds cool that uh, good old JR and, and Steve are still hooking up. Absolutely. We talked about WWE making a ton of money over the weekend. Well, WWE has announced that WrestleMania 30 broke the record for the Mercedes-Benz Superdome as the highest-grossing entertainment event to be held at that location. This marks the fifth consecutive year that WWE broke the host venue's highest-grossing entertainment event record. This year's event grossed $10.9 million from a sold-out crowd of 75,167 fans from all 50 states and 37 countries. On behalf of the city of New Orleans, I would like to thank all of the fans who came from around the world to WrestleMania 30, said New Orleans Mayor Mitch Landro. WrestleMania has taken its rightful place among the most historic events ever held in New Orleans. WrestleMania 30 now sits as the fifth highest attended WrestleMania of all time behind WrestleMania 3, 29, 23, and 28. Wow. 10.9 million in the gate alone. That's not merch. That's the fucking gate. Yeah, and that doesn't count the, for the city. Doesn't count the hotels, the restaurants. Oh, no, 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 the, no, 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 Bronx. Ten point nine million is what WWE made from the gate of the venue. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Even, I'm not even talking about the city. What they generated. I'm talking about WWE's actual revenue stream from the gate alone. They made ten point nine million dollars. Now, when you factor in all the merch that they sold over the weekend, I bet you. I bet you, they made about fifteen mil. Right. But I'm also just saying the cities too got what they make, you know, off of this. So even if, if we take your estimate, 15 million, I don't know when you rent an arena, I don't know. Do you have to share the gate or is it just them? Once you pay the rent, whatever the gate is, is yours. I don't know how that works. I, I, I'm not even going to speculate how that works. I have no idea. Shit. I, I know that like locally you do a, a wrestling indie show. And say you book a, a high school gymnasium or you know a bingo hall, you're paying a flat rate. You're paying to rent the building for the night, and the proceeds go to you. Uh, there are some that actually want a portion of the proceeds, but I I couldn't even I'm not even going to speculate how that works. I'm telling you, man. You know, kudos for them doing what they did at the Silver Superdome. That's that's awesome. Uh, wow, ten million. Yep, it was pretty profitable, my friend. Absolutely. I, I can't wait to hear what the, the city generated. We'll find out that later. But I guarantee you it's probably, well, last year it was like $100 million for New York, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. And New Orleans is good for them because, you, you know, you can bet that, that they're still 
even here after our hurricane, there's still shit there that needs to be fixed and people who are out a lot of money. So if we can make a lot of money for the city, kudos. That's awesome. Swax is telling me the Super Bowl between the 49ers and Ravens made more money than the Superdome than WrestleMania. Well, i tell you what, Swax, if you'll get me the fucking article that says that, I'll read that. But right now I'm reading something that says it's the highest grossing event at the fucking Superdome. And this is coming from a reputable news source. I'm not denying that you might be right, but I don't have that in front of me. So if you don't like the news, tune it the fuck out because that's what it says. We have to pay attention as well. The news story says the highest uh, revenue entertainment event. You got to pay attention. Uh, other news. Sting appeared at WrestleCon over the weekend and said he has a new favorite number, and it was 31. As soon as he uttered the words 31, the fans started clapping and chanting, holy shit. A clear hint that he would be at WrestleMania 31 next year in Santa Clara. A couple of weeks ago, Sting said that he still has one more match left in him, and he'd like that match to be against none other than The Undertaker. Sting came close to signing with the WWE a few years ago, but eventually opted to remain with TNA. But this year, WWE moved in to lock in Sting, and while it hasn't been publicly revealed that he signed a WWE deal, everything points out to an agreement between the two parties. If you want to catch the video of that little clip, you can go to wrestling-online.com. I don't think he would have said that if there wasn't any validity to it. The thing is, now everything is completely up in the fucking air because with Brock beating the streak, a lot of speculations going around. As Sting does sign, is it going to be the you know taker that he's going to go up against? That's the big deal. I think now with the streak being gone. I don't know. I'm not going to say it takes away from them still having a match, but it, it's weird. It's weird to see what they'll do if this guy does debut at some point soon. Let's see. Um, WWE has announced their network subscribers count. Uh, they announced they have a total of 667,287 subscribers for the network. On target to reach 1 million subscribers by the end of 2014, the number comes in after 40 days from launch or 42 days from launch on February 24th. It is currently only available in the United States, although thousands of subscribers from all over the world subscribed anyway through different methods. It is expected to launch in the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Hong Kong, and the Nordics in late 2014 and early 2015. The subscriber count does not have a little asterisk attached to it. As a press release, it says the number does not account for potential failures to comply with subscription terms and six-month commitment. So, basically, 667,287 subscribers at $10 a month. I'd say that's pretty good. I think that rakes in about $6 million a month, if the math is correct, according to Hunter Golden on the Facebook page. So that's $6 million a month, and that doesn't include merchandise. That's just for the network itself. And even though they're not sharing revenue with the cable companies and they're not charging $40 for pay-per-views, I can't remember the last time a buy rate was anywhere close to 667,287 buys. But you have, to, you have to assume that of those 667,287, that all those would be buy rates because people bought it for the network and to watch the pay-per-views. So I still think they're having a good profit. And look, that's almost half a million 
they're getting pretty close to the one million mark. By the time they open it up and the other countries have access uh, to the network, I think they'll hit a million. I don't think it's, at this point, it's academic. I don't even think it's a question of will they or won't they. I think they will. Well, you 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 mentioned that on Facebook the other day, and I started sitting here thinking about what you had said about the buy rate. And if you really think about it, yeah, it's only $10 a month, but let's go under the assumption that those 600 and some odd thousand people watched WrestleMania. Whether they did or they didn't, WWE didn't give a shit because they got their nine ninety nine anyway. But I'm willing to bet you that a good ninety nine percent of them watched Mania, and the other one percent that didn't watched the replay. So yeah, when you got half half a million, over half a million people wanting to see your shows, that's a big deal. I think so. And like I said, once once they open it up, because you and I both know that the listener base for this show, the wrestling fans that listen to this show, there's a huge base in the U.S. I would say that would be our big base. But our second biggest base of listeners are based out of the U.K. And, no and, doubt. And I say this because we got people that are in the U.K. listening at like fucking 4 o'clock in the morning to us talking that will stay up and watch wrestling in the U.K. So I think that once that U.K. market opens up, they're going to get a shitload of subscribers. Once the Canadian market opens up, they're going to get a shitload of subscribers. And once you look at those other countries, you're going to get a shitload of subscribers. Even if people decide, hey, you know what? I don't like the network. I'm not paying $10 for it. I don't, I don't care about WWE anymore. They'll drop some, but they'll gain others. I don't think that they're going to dip below $1 million once everybody's out. Well, I mean, even if you don't watch, I mean, I don't watch the network 24 7 i mean i read about some people it's like wow fanatic you know but there are shows on that i enjoy i'll i'll sit through an old pay-per-view or skim through it but to me if i don't touch the website even one time during the month except for a pay-per-view which isn't the case but it's still fucking worth it (laughs) very true you know and there's even talk of them next year upping the price a couple bucks which, because they want to try to make it a little more profitable. Well, absolutely. It's, it's like a drug dealer, man. You, you, you start people off with the crack at a very low rate, and once you get them hooked, you fucking jack up the price. I don't think they're going to jack it up too much. Even if it was 15 bucks a month, it's still fucking worth it for everything that you get. Obviously, they're going to be adding more content. They've got libraries they haven't even put on the network yet. Right now, you've just got the basic stuff. But once they start adding more stuff to it and libraries and the pay-per-views are still, you know, for this price, it's completely worth it. Like I said, I'd pay 15 bucks a month for it. Easy. Because that way I'm still not paying 40 bucks a month for a fucking pay-per-view. Yeah, not only that, they put a lot of work into going back and, and editing. And, and I'm not going to jump on them for, you know, editing because – there were a lot of copyrighted materials back in WCW and ECW that they couldn't use. So they did a shitload of editing too, to put up a lot of the content that they have put up. So they're definitely dedicated to it. The library is just going to keep growing. It's going to do nothing but get bigger. So yeah, as their server costs go up for all that freaking storage. Yeah. I'll pay another six, seven bucks a month too. I don't give a shit. And keep in mind when, when you pay for your pay-per-views, through a cable company or satellite, and the satellite provider provides you with that service, the WWE is splitting their costs on the pay-per-view. So if the pay-per-view is 
They're halving that with the cable company. Right now, they're cutting out the middleman. So, yeah, they're still not making all the pay-per-view revenue that they would have. But I guarantee you, we're not taking into account there are still people that don't have the fucking network and are still buying the pay-per-views. You're going to see the buy rate be very low this year for WrestleMania. Like, in other countries, it'll be fine. In America... I don't think the buy rate's going to be great, so they're going to go on the you know the the exported, uh, the the foreign buy rates are going to be high, but the domestic are going to be very low because most of those people have the WWE network. Now, granted, there were a lot of them that ordered the pay per view and decided to, to get the network because they wanted to make sure they could see the pay per view and there was no bullshit going on with the stream. So some people actually ended up paying seventy bucks to watch WrestleMania this year. Which, yeah, it might have been worth that, but you know, most of us just paid ten bucks. Yeah, that amazed me, you know, because it's like double dipping. Because both the WWE is making more money off of that, and so is the cable company, you know. But I, I even though it sounds insane, you know what? If you're someone who can afford it, it's mania, and you say to yourself, "I just." Don't want to take a chance because even you and I had our doubts last week where we we were talking both on and off the air. You know, man, we got to do SNS. We hope the stream works fine. And other than you having to basically reboot your PS3 once, and I think I might have refreshed once or twice, it was nearly flawless. I would say it was as good as it could get. So I had no problem with it. This will also is going to add them subscribers because people who are on the fence are going to call up their friends who had the network. Hey man, I paid 70 bucks. How was the stream? Stream was fine, bro. Okay. I'm going to order it. Well, I tell you what, I'd be pissed, man. If I paid that much money and was like, God damn it. The stream didn't fuck up. Uh, I, I would, I would be pretty pissed off about that. But uh, like I said, I think that they're on track to hit a million subscribers by the end of the year. If they don't, I'll be shocked. I will be absolutely shocked, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think they'll have a million. I think, shit, I think they might even have a million by the end of the summer. We'll have to wait and see. They'll, they'll probably have at least around the 800,000 mark by the end of the summer. I hate to uh, I hate to bury Horowitz myself here, but I'm about to. I'm going to pat myself on the back because I said that The Undertaker would end up getting injured in this match with Brock Lesnar. The Brock would injure him, maybe not on purpose, but Undertaker was going to get hurt in this match with Brock Lesnar. Well, what happened? Multiple, multiple reports have confirmed that The Undertaker went from in front of 75,000 people to backstage to a hospital in an ambulance following his match at WrestleMania 30. Apparently, Taker suffered a concussion of some sort uh, and had to be hospitalized for the night. Details are so far sketchy as to what the outcome was that he would, that if he would be appearing on Monday Night Raw. Taker's segment is probably the most anticipated in a while after Brock Lesnar broke the streak. With The Undertaker now having a 21-1 record at WrestleMania, uh, it was something that a lot of people did not expect to see. So, yeah, The Undertaker was rushed to the hospital. He collapsed after going backstage. When Brock and Heyman cut that promo and they talked about how Brock beat The Undertaker so bad that when he went through the curtain, he collapsed backstage, that actually happened, folks. And they rushed him to the hospital. Vince McMahon, who actually left the arena to go with The Undertaker, as did Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. All of them went to the hospital with The Undertaker. So Vince McMahon wasn't even there to see the ending of WrestleMania. 
See, now I had read that that Vince had definitely gone with him, but I didn't read the part about oh Brock and ta- and uh, excuse me Heyman went as well. Yes. Now that's that's great. That's that's really great. That that just goes to show you right there. You know why did Brock beat the streak? I mean that that was yeah, and you can bet Brock probably felt like shit afterwards too. I mean I don't think like you said he didn't do anything on purpose, but it, it happens, man. Rock's a rough, but Rock is whoa. Excuse me. Rewind. Mark tape. Brock is a rough motherfucker in that ring. So, I mean, you know, it was bound to happen. But hopefully, from all I've heard, Taker's okay. So, you know, concussion. I can see why he wouldn't want to be on Raw. You don't. When you have a concussion, you don't even want the guy to exert himself in a promo. So, I think they did the right thing. Well, you could. I mean, you could tell that he was hurting after the match. I mean, it took him forever to get to his feet. I mean, he kept holding on to the rope, trying to get up. Like I said, Taker came back. He didn't look great, you know, and and I hate that. I'm a big Undertaker fan. I've always loved The Undertaker. But you could tell going into this feud with Lesnar that that wasn't The Undertaker, you know, that he's he's the most human he's ever been ever as a character. And Brock had his number. And, you know, thankfully, the streak is over. If there is a match next year with Sting, maybe it's Legend versus Icon. The streak's not on the line. And now that Undertaker has lost, there's that will Sting beat The Undertaker or will The Undertaker beat Sting? They have taken the positive here that you expect The Undertaker to go over Sting. If this match happens, it's now an unknown because now he has that one loss at WrestleMania. So I think they did it for a couple reasons. Is there going to be a match at WrestleMania? I don't know. I know he's got a concussion. Maybe he'll do one more. I want I want to say that he will. I don't know. But I think, what is it, in 20, 2016, WrestleMania is going to be in Dallas. I can't think of a better guy to headline the Hall of Fame than The Undertaker in 2016. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you figure he'd go one more match in 2015, possibly against Sting. And then, yeah, you know, he can retire soon after, maybe even on the next Raw, and uh, be eligible for the Hall of Fame. See, the thing I don't want to happen with Taker is one thing I've always respected about the boxer Lennox Lewis. He retired very early with the title, and he basically just felt that he was done. And my deal is I hate to see these guys, like someone like Ric Flair, who was at one time, uh, in my opinion, probably one of the, if not the best wrestler ever, you know, get reduced to those matches in TNA where you were like, oh, God, this is just so embarrassing. And, you know, and it's nothing against Flair. I hate hate like hell to fucking say that. But you don't want to be that guy. You want to retire with your legacy intact. You want to be the guy that everyone remembers and not pitied. You don't want to go too far where it's it's it gets embarrassing. And I think Taker should have n- no more at all than one more match. That should literally be it. I agree. I agree. Um some other news coming out of WrestleMania. For those of you that were interested to uh, find out what happened to Cameron during the the Divas abortion match, <laughs> which is what I've called it, uh, apparently she suffered a wardrobe malfunction. Her top came off, folks, and she rolled out of the ring and was out of the match from that point. So uh, her entire top got ripped off. So it got ripped in half and broke. Uh, so there you go. That's why Cameron was out of that match very quick. So, uh, way to go, Sandra. (laughs) 
damn girl, wear like, you know, a sports bra underneath or something. So at least if the shit rips, you can finish the match. <laughs> and and for those wondering, when Daniel Bryan won the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, uh, he was joined by a child and a woman. That was apparently his sister and his niece. Uh, the reason Brie Bella was not allowed to go out was because WWE had frowned on that and didn't think it would be a great idea. So that's why Brie Bella was not out out with Daniel Bryan, which I don't understand. We all know that they're together. We watch Total Divas. We know it's part of the storyline. I don't really know why they wouldn't let her go out there and celebrate with him, but what do you know, WWE? It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I... What? I mean, I don't, I don't understand that. They're fucking engaged. I, they're engaged. They're they're an item on fucking Total Divas. We know they're together. I, I find it interesting that they wouldn't let uh, Brie Bella go out there and celebrate with Daniel. I think it would have enhanced the moment to have the two of them right there and, you know, maybe a kiss from her in the middle of the ring. I thought that would have solidified it, but apparently they weren't keen on the idea, so that's why she was not a part of the celebration. I don't get it. I mean, if, you know... You had a huge moment in your life like that. I know you'd want Harmony right there with you. I mean, I just don't, unless they have a storyline with her in the future that they thought that might impact, that's the only thing I could think of. Maybe they have some creative plans for the two of them. I I don't know. I don't know, but that's what it was, folks. Uh, During the Hall of Fame speech of the Ultimate Warrior, he revealed that he had signed a new multi-year deal with the WWE to be an ambassador for the company. This will put the Warrior on the WWE books for the first time since 1996 when he came back for one last run, which ended up being a rather short one. Warrior thanked Triple H during his speech for making all things possible, calling him by his real name, Paul, and then he got a check out from his pocket from 1991, asking McMahon if it's going to bounce. Warrior was obviously referring to the money McMahon had to pay him, so Warrior appears in the main event of the SummerSlam 91 with Hogan, Slaughter, Sheik, and Adnan after Warrior threatened not to appear if he wasn't paid. Needless to say, when Warrior ran after Sheik and went backstage during the end of the show, he was subsequently fired from the company. Uh, so kudos to the Ultimate Warrior for you know, signing a new deal with WWE. I'm interested to see what this is going, all going to entail for him, but obviously it's going to make him a ton of money. No, it's interesting. There was always something about Triple H, especially when he became the game, not, not so much when he had that horrid gimmick when he first showed up in wwe but there was always a little bit i thought of a nod to the warrior sometimes he would come out all fucking jacked up and then spit the water and do like contort and do that violent look and shit i have a feeling that deep down in his heart of hearts triple h was at one time a warrior fan i think he was but you know I just I remember the self. I actually have the self destruction of the Warrior DVD. Me I, too. I absolutely have it. I might have to go back and watch that because he was just he was the most disrespectful guy I've ever met in the business, and he was a piece of trash. And ugh, I don't know. I just find I, it funny. You know, I loved his little fucking shout out to Ted DiBiase when he called anybody out. They stood up, and when Ted DiBiase he called out Ted and told him you know about the clothesline that uh, he patterned after them for beating the crap out of him for all those years. You know, Ted just had this shitty grin on his face, and he's like, ah, fuck you, and he waved. And, you know, I you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Ted DiBiase, but, you know, for someone who is uh, very churchy and found religion and is supposed to turn the other cheek, Ted don't do a very good job of that, does he? 
No. And, and I loved it. And you could tell he had that. You ever see that fake smile where underneath the smile, you could see, I would love to run up on that podium and kill you right now. <laughs> he just had that look. You know, in that DVD, my two favorite parts real quick was um, the, the story that uh, Bobby the Brain told about Warrior and Andre. I won't spoil it if you guys haven't seen the DVD. And the other was Hogan trying not to rip his face off when on WCW he cuts that promo. I conquered the unconquerable. I be and Hogan's like, I'm standing there like, what the fuck? You broke a cardinal rule. You brought up something in the past from another company. <laughs> no, it, that that wasn't what it was. It was the fact that he put himself over in a business that's a work. He put himself over and made himself out to be bigger than Hogan and that his contributions were bigger than Hogan, and that Hogan never beat him, and I think that was what it was. It had nothing to do with bringing up the other company because that's all they ever did in WCW, so that's not it at all. Well, yeah, you're probably right. Hogan was very vague on, on what exactly it was he did wrong. No, no, he wasn't vague. He said exactly. I just told you what it was. He brought up the fact that Hogan was the one that went out of his way to fucking put Warrior over, and it lasted all of about two years. And the WWE realized they made a mistake when they put him over. And then it reverted back to Hogan. And he took credit for, you know, everything. Oh, well, you never beat me. You know, you beat giants and myths and legends, but you never beat a warrior. That's where he went over the line. Oh, okay. I have the DVD. I haven't seen it in about two years. I'm going to have to go check that out again. It was a good, it was a good one, I'll admit. I, I drew some entertainment from it, even though they were shitting on a guy who – I really enjoyed as a child, but it was there were still some funny moments. No doubt. Um, some sad news, Bronx, for you. Uh, you may cry. I, I don't know. Uh-oh. This is pretty sad, bro. Vicky Guerrero is saying goodbye to her WWE family. As several reports are saying, she will be finishing up with her WWE duties this week. The 45-year-old general manager of SmackDown will be pursuing another career outside of the WWE, according to SE Scoops. This will be the second time that Guerrero has left the WWE since she started in 2005. She left in early 2009 to spend more time with her family and then returned a couple months later at the 10th anniversary of SmackDown. It's not yet known if, to, if uh, last night's Raw will be her last one or if she will say her goodbyes during one of the uh, post-WrestleMania television tapings this week. One thing... Is for sure, though. You will not hear, excuse me, anymore from Vicky Guerrero. Let me just say this, man. You know, next to Paul Heyman, and, and I don't even think him, as far as a heat magnet, there. I don't think there's been any better in the last decade. I mean, that woman will come. I mean, I've never heard. Someone say, excuse me, and then I automatically reach for the volume knob because the boos are deafening. Not so much now because I think she's she's kind of been a little bit of a tweener in the last few weeks with the shit she's did to AJ. But as far as heel heat, I don't mean X-Pac heat. I mean legit heel will pay to boo your ass. Vicky is one of the best. She deserves one day to be in the Hall of Fame just for the few-year run she had as that fucking heel GM. She, she's awesome. And she will. Uh, you know, and, and kudos to her. I think she's been going to school for a while, and I think she's going to open up her own business. Good for her. I mean, the WWE was kind. Uh, they brought her in after Eddie passed away and, and helped her you know, uh, keep revenue going. 
for the family. So, you know, good for them. And I'm glad that she stuck by them all these years. And now she's going to, you know, endeavor into a new thing. So, you know, best of luck to Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, maybe one day she'll be back. I mean, who knows? And I, I bet you when she comes back and says, excuse me, she'll get the biggest face pop of the fucking night. She will. Uh, but not only is Vicky Guerrero leaving the company, uh, Ezekiel Jackson announced on his Instagram account that his contract has officially expired. As of WrestleMania Sunday, it wasn't renewed. In my time in the hashtag WWE, I became the last hashtag ECW champion and one-time Intercontinental champion. I've also traveled the world, giving the opportunity to do what I love, encountering some of the most passionate and reliable fans in the world. He thanked Vince McMahon and the company for allowing him to live out his childhood dream and said he's looking forward to the next chapter in his life. The 35-year-old started with the WWE in 2008 after signing a developmental contract a year earlier. His string of injuries pretty much halted his career in the past couple of years, so his departure isn't that much of a surprise. Uh, All I can say is... Best wishes go out to Ezekiel Jackson. There was a time I thought that guy was going to be a big deal. But, you know, he did have a string of injuries that kind of kept him off TV and out of action. And, um, you know, he is taking independent bookings. There are other companies out there, so maybe he'll surface somewhere else. But all I can say is best of luck to Ezekiel Jackson. Yeah, and dude was scary massive, man. I remember when when he first debuted, and I was like, oh, my God, this dude is fucking ridiculous. I mean, he was gigantic. You know, the injuries hurt, but I always thought there were so many better gimmicks they could have had with the guy. You know, I thought he had potential at one time. But, you know, that's what happens, man, when the the booking committee gets reluctant to put faith in you and give you a long-term, you know, storyline if you keep getting hurt. So who knows, man? Maybe we'll see Zeke again somewhere else and, you know, maybe Japan or maybe even, you know, Jeff Jarrett's new thing. Who knows? That's a good point. Uh, WWE stocks took a hell of a beating on Wall Street this past week after WrestleMania. Uh, stocks opened the day yesterday at $27 and went down to 21.73 before going back up to 23.90 for a drop of 14.7%. Stocks continued to slide in after the hours of trading, losing an additional 1.21% to finish off uh, at 23.61. The post WrestleMania sell off doesn't bode well for the company as it shows the investors have no high expectations that the WWE will eventually break even or make a profit off the network as previously thought. WWE has said it will need 1 million subscribers to break even on the network and hope to reach that number by the end of 2014. Well, I gotta tell you, man, 667,000 plus subscribers and we're only into the fourth month of the fucking year? I think they're gonna fucking do it. Let me explain something to you, to everyone. Stock investors are nothing but legal glorified gamblers. When you invest in the stock market, you are taking a gamble that that stock is going to increase in price rather than decrease. Now, I don't have a fucking bachelor's degree in economics, but that's how it works. The other thing is probably a good 95% of the people who invest in WWE stock do it as businessmen and not wrestling fans. Because I guarantee you, if Everyone who invested in WWE stock was a wrestling fan. There is no way that shit would have went down after Mania. Look, look at the prices they fucking, you know, we, we talked earlier in the news. How many tickets they sold. They sold out the fucking Superdome. I mean, it's just like I said, man. WWE was a fad for a few weeks for all the people on Wall Street. 
And now the suited assholes who I can't stand looking at in Manhattan are going to go on to the next big thing. They're not wrestling fans, and I think that's part of your problem. Exactly. I would agree with that point. Uh, now, you mentioned this a few moments ago. Jeff Jarrett and his, wa- his wife Karen Jarrett officially announced their latest venture, Global Force Wrestling, yesterday. A new company that promises to be the most fan interactive and immersive wrestling experience in history. Because of new media, new technology, and more in tune fans than we've ever had, wrestling is poised for another boom like what it experienced in the mid 1980s and late 90s, says Jeff Jarrett. What we're going to deliver is a multi platform, innovative brand that will engage fans in ways they've never experienced. It will provide a fresh perspective inside the business that fans have been clamoring for. Jarrett is a former WWE, WCW, and TNA uh, superstar and helped co-found TNA Wrestling with his father, Jerry, over a decade ago. He resigned from his post as TNA Vice President on December 22nd of 2013. Global Force Wrestling expects to make several more key announcements in the coming weeks, and the website can be reached at globalforcewrestling.com. So it is official. The rumors were true. Jeff Jarrett and Toby Keith have started a new wrestling federation, more details to come very soon. It's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. It's, it's going to be interesting, man. We're going to see the birth of a new company. And while I think the atmosphere in, in our day and times, it's, it's hard to start a new promotion. Well, if you got enough money, <laughs> that's all that really matters. So we'll have to wait and see. I personally, I know a lot of people out there say, you know, don't like Jeff's attitude and talk a lot of shit on him and he's conceited. He is. He has an ego. But I personally wish uh, Jeff Jarrett the very best of luck and I hope this thing takes off and he's able to buy some good talent and put on some good shows. Well, I'm going to I'm going to say this now. And you know, I I think that of all the companies that we've talked about possibly putting TNA out of business, this one's the one I'm looking at the most because even though TNA's been around for over a decade and they're on cable TV, what's the one thing this company has that Jeff Jarrett covets? Mm. There's a lot of talent that are not happy in TNA right now. There's a lot of deals coming up. Kazarian, Daniels, Samoa Joe's contract's up, Kurt Angle's contract's up this year. They've already lost AJ Styles. They've already lost Sting. They've already lost Hulk Hogan. Don't be surprised if a lot of those guys on the roster whose contracts are up go work for Jeff Jarrett because they all respected Jeff Jarrett. They don't like Dixie Carter. They don't like where TNA is right now. So make no mistake about it. This is the biggest threat to TNA, and Dixie Carter is probably pissed that Jeff Jarrett is going to have another promotion because if there's anything that's going to put her out of business, it's Jeff Jarrett. Well, I mean, does anybody remember how close WWE came? I mean, it got bad for a while when WCW was on top. And you have to remember, WWF before that was a very powerful and strong company. And even, okay, a lot of things, the steroid trial, all that shit didn't help. But the deal is, what did Ted Turner do to WWE at the time? He used his checkbook, and he used the fact that there were guys like Razor, who was disgruntled, guys like Kevin Nash, who were disgruntled, and not only could they leave WWE, but take more money doing it. 
Now we're, it's the same thing, but a whole different level because Jeff Jarrett doesn't need anything near Ted Turner's money to buy off TNA talent once their contracts are up because they ain't getting paid shit anyway. <laughs> well, if, if you look at the TNA problems, they all originated when Jeff pretty much gave up ownership of TNA wrestling and it was fully Dixie Carter and Panda Energy. That's when things started going downhill. So that profitable and fun TNA that everybody liked when Jeff Jarrett was in charge, well, guess what? He now has new investors that aren't Panda Energy. I, I have no doubt he's going to have a TV deal. That's going to be announced in the next couple of weeks. It's probably going to be CMT. With Toby Keith as, as a backer and a partner, I, you know, it seems like a logical place to be. So we'll see what happens, but I, I think this is going to be a good thing for wrestling fans, especially those TNA fans who tuned out because they're sick of the bullshit. Well, let's not forget this. I don't know yet, so I don't, I don't want to call this fact. I don't know, but as of last I heard, which, yes, was a few weeks ago, I don't think Spike has officially renewed TNA yet. They have not. They have till October. That's when the, that's when the <laughs> deal would expire. So, you know, again, WWE hasn't announced what they're doing with their TV contract yet. Like, TNA's dead. If WWE gets the spike contract, you realize that, right? I mean, it's not like they're going to air both programs. It's going to be one or the other. So if, if Spike TV signs with another promotion, TNA's dead in the water. Or if Spike talks to Jarrett and says, you know what? We'll throw even some extra money your way if you can get it on the goddamn air by October. Well, we'll throw your money. You know, think about it, dude. You never know. Now, we'll see what happens. But like I said, I don't know when this thing is going to debut. There's a lot of ex-WWE talent on the independent scene right now. John Morrison still, do, still does stuff on the independent scene. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of guys that you could go from, you know, plus the independent talent from other promotions. So I think Jarrett won't have problems finding a roster at all. And I'm pretty sure that AJ Styles would probably be one of the crown jewels of this new promotion. But we'll see. Oh, yeah, you know AJ and, and, and fucking Jeff have to have, a, like, a friendship. They have to, you know, be kind of tight after all the years he worked there. So definitely, I think when his uh, Japan contract expires, if Jeff makes a phone call, pff, no doubt. Well, that said, that's going to do it for the News of the Week, sponsored by Wrestling-Online.com. We're going to take our final break. We're going to come back. We've got a few emails to read, and then we're going to start wrapping things up here on the program. So that said, you're listening to SNS Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. We're going to take it out with a guy who recently got a royalty check for $5. That's right. I'm talking about the one, the only, Jim Cornette, right after this, guys. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend and all-around nice guy. You're listening to the SNS Radio Network, and you've made the right choice.
Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Just a reminder for you to listen to Sunday Night Showdown every pay-per-view Sunday as I'll be joined by my broadcast partner, the Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella, Harmony Boom Boom Jackson, and Mark the Shark DiCarlo as we provide the best pay-per-view coverage of the WWE. And it starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time, every pay-per-view Sunday. Sunday Night Showdown, your home for WWE pay-per-view coverage. I don't consider myself a normal podcast host. I like to think of positives in wrestling before I strike judgment. Brian Maverick Bertrand. I just feel that everyone deserves to have a second, third, fourth, fifth chance if they learn from their mistakes. Running the ropes. Do I consider CM Punk a crybaby? No, because he would have done exactly what everyone else in the entire world would have done in his situation. Hey guys, Brian Maverick Bertrand here, and you can catch all the live recorded episodes of Running the Ropes every week with a special broadcast on Thursdays right here on the SNS Radio Network. Can I just get an intern that's not going to accidentally sabotage my show for once? (laughs) Come on. a fan of wrestling shoot dvds wrestling action figures wrestling memorabilia well i'm pleased to announce that the sns radio network is now officially an affiliate of highspots.com so when you go to the sns radio network site click on the high spots banner on the main page and it takes you directly to high spots now i'm not saying you need to buy something from highspots.com but if you do you're helping to support the SNS Radio Network by going through High Spots on the link on the SNS Radio Network page. And every purchase gives a kickback to the SNS Radio Network, helping us keep all the programming here free for you. Back to the show with the Bronx Father and Mr. Money on the Mic. I think we built this city on talk radio. Not rock and roll per se, but talk radio for sure. I am Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Welcome back to SNS Unplugged. He is the Bronxzilla, Tony J. Mirabella. Yes, not to be confused with Godzilla. That'll be coming out soon. Ooh. Yeah, I can't wait to see Godzilla, to be honest with you. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Going to be a good fucking summer for movies, man. Oh, you ain't fucking lying, man. Can't wait to see uh, the X-Men, Days of Future Past. That's going to be awesome. 
Man, that's one of them movies where, like, G.I. Joe, I wish you and I could get together and just go watch it, man, because that I know the type of X-Man mark you are, and so am I. I mean, I'm a huge fucking mark, and I can't wait. Just can't wait for that movie to have both casts. Oh, going to be awesome. Hopefully they're going to rewrite some wrongs, because I fucking hated the X-Men 3 movie. That was the worst abortion of a movie ever. Completely destroyed the X-Men continuity. But First Class did a good job of, uh, you know, kind of retelling the story a little bit, changing things up. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a good flick. And um, it's actually got Evan Peters, who's one of my favorite actors. He, uh, have you ever seen the American Horror Story show? Yeah. Well, he played, he was the, the crazy kid, Tate, in the first one that was the ghost that ended up raping the chick and getting her pregnant. And then he was in the third one as the, the boyfriend of uh, the witches. Like, I, I like that kid. I think he's a great actor, and he's going to end up playing Quicksilver. Now, what I'm hearing, though, is his version of Quicksilver is not like the comic book version. It's a little different. It's interesting. This movie and Age of Ultron, the Avengers 2, are going to have uh, versions of Quicksilver in them, and they're completely different on both. Supposedly, the one from Age of Ultron is more uh, like the X-Men comics and the actual uh, Quicksilver from the Avengers. So it's going to be interesting to see how these mesh out. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait. I mean, I love the uh, the franchise, the way things are going with uh, with Marvel and freaking X-Men is awesome and, and the Avengers and all that. And then I, when I heard that they confirmed too, and if, if you've read the comics, JJ, you know they're going to do X-Men Apocalypse. Yes, Ooh. that's going to be uh, 2016, X-Men Apocalypse. So Apocalypse finally making his debut in the X-Men universe. In the movies, can't wait to see how they're going to do that one. I just hope they don't do like the way they kind of rewrote some villains. I want him to be the way he was in the comics, a bad-ass motherfucker. I used to love the X-Men cartoon. You know, I am as far beyond mutants as they are beyond you. Like an apocalypse was awesome. Man, all he wanted to do was turn the world into mutants. You know what? If I was a mutant, I might want to do that shit too. Well... His whole mantra was only the strong survive, you know, which I liked. But anyway, let's we, we've got tons of emails we got to get through. And, and we're talking some novels of some fucking emails. So let's go ahead and jump into the emails this week. If I can be serious for a minute without being interrupted. Kentucky Long Rifle. What is that, an email? Can I have your attention, please? I've just received an email. Well, you know, when I ask for emails, I tend to get them. And people want to express their opinions over a multitude of things relating to the past 48 hours. We're going to start things off with Hunjo. We haven't heard from Hunjo in a while. Greetings, Jeff Bronx and the SNS family. Long time, no email. I trust that everyone has come down from the WrestleMania high, or in the case of the internet marks, lows. Much has been said about the ending of the streak. I haven't seen this much butthurt by internet marks in years. As I stated on the SNS Facebook page, if anyone should be butthurt, it should be yours truly. I've been a fan of Taker since the 1990 Survivor Series. Uh, in fact, I was a fan before that when he was Mean Mark Callis. So am I pissed? No. Am I stunned? Yes. As JJ has said, everyone goes out by putting someone over. It's business, I think. 
I always knew the streak had to end. But like many, I hoped against reality that this would be a one-time a legend wouldn't go out on their back. After the initial shock, I came to realize this had to happen. My only beef is with who? Lesnar is legit the most likely one who could take out anyone on the roster. But this is a work, and anyone can be beat. I now pray this is a bigger payoff down the road. I trust Mark Calloway to know this this was who and how he, it should happen. In my markdom, I would have preferred the streak to go to Sting. But in the larger picture, it would not make booking sense. Sting can't work a full-time schedule. Lesnar can. Sting has turned heel before, and it never worked. Lesnar is a monster who should never be a babyface. So he has the most potential to work a year-long angle and make this mean something. <coughs> in my fantasy booking... I would like to see this be a storyline where it's used to make Ziggler or Reigns a star. I would even be okay if this is used to further elevate Bryan at SummerSlam. Regardless, this has legs and the potential to be something worth watching and waiting to see play out. I, for one, am on board. Now to the short-sighted marks who, poor, who are pushing their agenda of a conspiracy where there is no conspiracy concerned. I refuse to point my finger at the IWC in general. We're too broad a group of wrestling fans to be singled out as haters, making all the noise about the streak ending. The IWC runs the range of those who check the web for information and believe the kayfabe. To those who understand the work and enjoy the entertainment, to the group who are convinced they're owed something from wrestling and are focused on getting themselves over. To these latter fans who chant CM Punk on TV to disrupt the shows and make it all about themselves, they have the myopic opinion that... The way they can affect change is to be obnoxious and try to sabotage the product. In my mind, anyone who still chants what when Stone Cold Steve Austin is not in the ring should be dragged out of the building by the scruff of their neck. These folks don't understand the fact that by reacting, they are essentially negating everything they say. If you don't like a wrestler, Cena for example, booing him because you don't like that fact has been he's been the face for 10 plus years is not working. The truth is, these reactions are telling the powers that be he's getting a pop. It matters not to the management if the crowd is reacting in the manner that fits the storyline. As a matter of fact, Cena uses the mixed reaction as part of his gimmick. Booing Cena is not working. Of course, the WWE hasn't helped matters because it never... It appears that the fans have... That they've turned Batista heel. Truth be told, they should never have been a face and the likely turn was made because the story wasn't working with him as a face. So he had to go heel to make Daniel Bryan win mean even more. In fact, I would be shocked to learn the truth was planned all along, but we will never know for sure. My point, <coughs> my point to all this is simple, apathy. As defined in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the feeling of not having much emotion or interest, an apathetic state. If the fans want to make change, be silent. If someone is a face and you'd rather them be a heel, do not boo. Do not react. Do nothing. Sit on your hands. Silence is the loudest way to make it known to management. What is being presented is not working. The exact can be said for a storyline that's not working. That said, I think patience is the tact and truly needed here. Let's all wait to see where this is going. A new year of the wrestling began on Monday Night Raw. We, did we get the Daniel payoff? The Daniel Bryan payoff? Yes. We got Cesaro push beginning. We are at the start of a face turn for the Shield, if not for Reigns. We have months to go before we know what is in store for the next season. Let's give it some time. Well, that's all I have for now. 
See you on the internets, Hunjo. Damn, I see Hunjo hasn't lost a step since his last email. I agree with what he's saying. You know, I don't think I never really thought of it that way. You boo a guy like Cena. There's an old saying: any reaction is better than no reaction. Very true. The silence is deafening. I'm telling you, man, it's like we're probably one of the only shows that get people emailing in who actually aren't pissed about the streak ending. Wow, we're one of the only shows that gets novels for emails from everybody that writes in. This is awesome. Uh, This next one is from Shifty. What's up, guys? Man, what a weekend. This year's Hall of Fame might just be the best class yet. It was a good show despite Lita running a little too long and Mr. T doing whatever it was he was trying to do. I'm still scratching my head about that one. And while I think Warrior's speech was good for the amount of time he took, not recognizing the guys that really made him, like Mr. Perfect, Ted DiBiase, and most notably Rude, Hogan and Savage was pretty lame. While I can't see not mentioning Hogan and DiBiase due to recent comments, actually he did mention DiBiase, and even Perfect and Rude due to their demons, but Savage should have got a moment. Do you think Vince told him not to, or was it just Warrior's huge ego not wanting Savage to get a bigger pop than him during his induction speech? I don't know about that. He should have mentioned Savage, I agree. I don't know why he didn't, but I don't think it was an ego thing. He and Savage got along better than most people would, would imagine. You know, when when Hogan came out and started dogging uh, Savage after his death and was like, oh, yeah, we made up and we're friends again. Remember, Warrior took took the offensive. He got on the Internet and fucking cut a video and said that they weren't friends and that he and Randy hated each other and that Randy didn't respect him. And he defended Savage. So I, I, I don't think it's a question of that shifty at all. Well, I mean, you know, you also now correct me if I'm wrong, JJ, but from what I remember on the Hall of Fame, he didn't have a paper. He was doing that all off his head. Correct. So, you know, it happens sometimes, even in radio, it happens. Sometimes you just you forget. And I know people can say, well, how the hell can you forget about? Well, when your emotions are running wild, maybe he completely meant, you know, meant to mention Savage and it just it just didn't slip out. It happens. Nonetheless, despite the stupid shit with Hornswoggle and El Torito, the show was a good watch. Now, regarding WrestleMania, this was my first purchase WWE pay-per-view since SummerSlam 98. And despite not being all that excited going in, it turned out to be a pretty great show. I really enjoyed the Battle Royal and the main event, the opening tag match on the pre-show was pretty awesome as well. God, I love the fact we have some decent tag team division. Now we just got to find another team to fill the spot left by the breakup of the Real Americans. I didn't expect Brock to beat Taker at all, but the signs were there. The burning Brock coffin, the commentary hammering it in, that it was a real possibility, and the Conqueror and the Conquer the Streak t-shirt. We should have known they made a shirt with that on it, and it's to sell. It's going to happen. On to Raw. This was the best post-Raw mania in years. Wasn't a huge fan of them giving the girl with the Sharpie eyebrows the belt so soon. Uh, though I'm glad we finally got to see another decent woman wrestler on the main roster. Uh, that and the Santino mix tag were the only speed bumps for me last night. Love Swagger destroying the trophy, though I hope Cesaro was given a backup to display in his home. I don't know how I feel about Cesaro with Heyman, given Cesaro is apparently a face. We really need some other managers in the company besides him and Zeb. Loved Rusoff, loved Lana Moore. Yowza. Loved the opening six-man tag. Loved Warrior back in a WWE ring. Loved the finish. Who cares that Sting didn't show up? 
We didn't need him. Good show. Hell, I actually te- I was actually tempted to watch SmackDown this week. I got to give props to the people that bought the hand-drawn heads of the missing Link and Kamala last night. More people should do that for the former greats. Now, one last thing, a question for both you and Bronx. With the roster being so jam-packed with talent, especially with guys that could easily main event or on the verge of main eventing, do you think it's time for WWE to reconsider separate brands or the creation of another organization? you got to wonder if they're actually working towards this, given uh, they still have the world champ carrying around both belts. I'd be down for a separate organization to ensure the rosters wouldn't intermingle would be the best way to go. Maybe have Hogan and Flair be the GM of each. But anyways, it's been a fun week. Hopefully the WWE can keep it up because they have finally pulled me back in. Keep up the great work, guys. Shifty. Uh, To answer your question, I, I, I don't know. I mean, as long as it's not a separate brand thing, if they wanted to come up, you know, I don't know if they could do it. They own the WCW trademark, but bringing WCW back at this stage in the game, I just don't see happening. You know, NXT is the developmental brand, so you can't really make that your other brand. Uh, I don't know, but they are jam-packed with talent. I think they got to do some spring cleaning. You know, get rid of some people. Swagger's the top of my list of guys that need to get released because now that they're no longer the real Americans, he's going to fucking sink like a stone. The only thing about Swagger that was over was that he was partnering with Cesaro. That's it. Damn. And I agree 100% with you. I was thinking that today. You know, I said it the other night. Swagger's, you know, he's fucked. I mean, I don't know what. He'll probably feud. Maybe he'll feud with Cesaro. They'll have another, you know, match perhaps at a pay-per-view. But then that's going to be it. I mean, he he's... I don't know, man. I don't know what you do with a guy like that. I don't know about a brand split. <clears throat> with all the content they can put on the network now, I almost think that at some point you might see a fucking three-hour SmackDown before you'd see a brand split. Yeah, I agree. I I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that they've ended that, and it's it's you know it's done. Again, I don't see another company that they could bring out. Maybe down the road at some point. Who knows? But right now, no. I just don't see it as a possibility. And I recommend watching SmackDown, by the way. I would say out of the last 10 SmackDowns I've watched, nine of them were great. It's a good show. I definitely recommend SmackDown. Uh, Our next email comes to us from The Lou. Good evening, JJ and Broxy. I know that I reacted very poorly immediately after Mania. I was extremely negative, and I have now had 48 hours to digest it. Below, I have listed my genuine feelings on the event. First, just some general positive comments. I love the stage and the ramp. It looked awesome. Great work, set crew. Also, I thought the stream on the network was great. Aside from a couple of quick three-second freezes during the Cena-Wyatt match, it was fantastic. We even watched the Spanish stream for a few minutes as we couldn't take JBL and King anymore. But for the event itself, I didn't hate the opening promo, but I really wasn't a fan either. I did like how Hogan was cool enough to laugh at himself when he messed up the the Silver Dome versus the Superdome thing. Good job to roll with the punches, Hulk. Brian over Triple H, well done match. They should have they should be congratulated on both of their hard work. The Shield match, I'm very glad I quit smoking, not just for health benefits, but if I would have decided to go have a smoke during the New Age Outlaws entrance, I might have missed the entire match. The 30-man battle royal, definition of a clusterfuck. Difficult to watch until there were only about five to eight guys in there. Nice work by Kofi Kingston tapping his toes on the steps like an NFL wide receiver getting two feet 
in on a catch along the sidelines. Cue the, Durr, that's not real football comments from our global friends in the chat. Liked the ending. Makes Cesaro look good. Good job on the E. Also, props to the E for actually having 30 guys on the roster to fill in the ring. Correction, 31. If you only watch Raw, you would think it was just Cena and a couple other dudes. Cena and Wyatt. Okay, this is where I fucking lost it. Not because of the match, because of the finish. I love the psychology and the story they were building with Wyatt wanting Cena to unleash his monster on him. I say without reservation, this was the single greatest piece of ring telling, uh, ring storytelling psychology I have seen since the ECW feud where Sandman's son left him for Raven. It was incredible. The way he laid down for John and the way he wanted him to hit him with the chair. Bray didn't care about winning the match so much as destroying Cena's good guy image. Bravo, Bray. Bravo. So, finally, Cena does unleash his monster. But here's the issue. There should be consequences for these things. Cena gives into his inner monster by using the chair on Rowan or Harper. Can't remember which one. And then instead of it costing him the match by Wyatt sneaking up with a quick roll-up, Cena goes on to win cleanly. He's got to give into his monster and still win like a babyface. This is like you made a movie where a guy cheats on his wife and then wins the lottery. Where is the consequences? Where's the drama? Where are the repercussions for his actions? Terribly booked ending. I, you know what? I kind of agree with him there. Yeah, I get what he's saying. I mean, I mean, I knew Cena was going to go over, but I think that Bray probably should have got a quick roll-up. I think it should have been about Cena losing his temper. It should have been about Cena costing himself the match, not so much Bray. But, yeah, I get exactly where you're going with that. It's a very yeah, good point. Yeah, great point. Yeah, great point. I, I see what he's saying. I mean, I wasn't too happy. You know, and then, like, last night, you know, okay, they had that match on Raw, which was great, but then it was like, you know, it, it, all right, Cena's in a tag team now. You know, it's like, I hope they continue this with him and Bray. I think there's more story to be told in this. Lesnar and Taker, what else can I say other than pe- that people haven't? Honestly, I think Taker should have hung it in or hung it up after the end of an era match. I agree with you there. Uh, you know, uh, I was very frustrated at the time that they gave it to a guy who many perceive as a part-timer, and I'm still a little irked by this. I hope that they lock Brock up for a long-term deal so they can get the mileage out of him killing the streak. Divas match. Moving on. Final match. Overall good. I like the Batista Bomb RKO move on the table for Brian. Be sure to move all the monitors next time, guys. Signed Randy Orton's lower spine. Also, to the singer of the band who played Orton's intro, stop jumping around and hogging the camera, you douche. Orton is supposed to be the star in this. Not you. What I didn't like about this match is how Brian made Batista tap and not Orton. But I guess it makes sense. After all, Batista cashed in his money in the bank and screwed Brian at SummerSlam. And it was Batista who beat Brian at the Elimination Chamber with help from Kane. And it was Batista who beat Brian at Hell in a Cell after HBK interfered last year, right? Oh, wait, what? That was Orton who did all those things. Oh, well, then maybe, maybe we should have had Brian get his revenge on Orton. Hmm creative team Hmm. i agree with you 100 percent. i said all along that when this thing came full circle brian should win the match at wrestlemania by either pinning orton or making him submit that way he beats triple h and he beats the guy who fucked him over at SummerSlam. batista tapping out was kind of like eh. but at the same time this also gives randy orton a fucking rematch because he was never pinned for the belt. So I kind of figured that's where they were going. Although now they've set up for this 
multi-man match at Extreme Rules, so I don't know where they're going. But I thought initially the idea to give Batista the loss and not Randy Orton was so they could set up Randy Orton getting a rematch. But I agree with you 100%. You know, another thing I think it is, who had, and I'm sure, maybe your your scenario was the finish, supposed to be, but blatantly, who had more heat going into Mania, fucking Orton or Batista? <laughs> I think they wanted the guy to really send everyone home happy. They wanted the guy who the fans hated more at that moment to tap. That's where I think it comes from. Um, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? What's up? Are you looking in the chat room right now? Uh, no, I will be in a moment. The Ultimate Warriors fucking passed away. What? WWE.com has this story up. They just posted it in the chat room. WWE is shocked and deeply saddened to learn of the passing of one of the most iconic WWE superstars ever, the Ultimate Warrior. Warrior began his WWE career in 1987 and quickly went on to become one of the biggest stars in WWE history. Warrior became the WWE champion at WrestleMania VI, defeating Hulk Hogan in an epic encounter. We are grateful that just days ago, Warrior had the opportunity to take his rightful place in the WWE Hall of Fame and was also able to appear at WrestleMania 30 and Monday Night Raw to address his legion of fans. WWE sends its sincerest condolences to the Warriors family, friends, and fans. Warrior was 54 and is survived by his wife, Dana, and his two daughters. I don't know what to say. I, 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 I'm shocked right now. I, I, I feel like I just got punched in the fucking stomach. Are you... It's on WWE.com. It's not even, you know, this isn't a dirt sheet or anything. It's, um, excuse me. I'm sorry, guys. Well, no, dude, I'm upset too. Like, this is fucked up. I I don't even know what to say right now. I I, I can't believe this shit. <clears throat> I'm blown away. I am completely blown away. <clears throat> I got so like, oh, part of my childhood that's gone. Yeah, it's all over Twitter. This is this is this is legit, guys. This is not bullshit. WWE doesn't get hacked. That doesn't happen. Adam Martin has confirmed it from WrestleView. He says WWE confirms the passing. This has happened, folks. Stephanie McMahon. Hashtag Rip Ultimate Warrior. Your strength of character is to be admired. There will never be anyone like you. Your spirit lives on in your family. From Triple H. Saddened to announce the passing of the Ultimate Warrior. Icon and friend. My sympathy to his wife, Dana, and his daughters. Marcus Stevenson. Rest in peace at Ultimate Warrior. This is not uh, this is not a hoax, guys. This is fucking real. This this one definitely hit me more than I think any other. That's... Uh, it, it, it's the 
just the timing, I think, too. That's like, he was just in the fucking ring last night talking. I sat here this afternoon and tried to, to do my best shitty impersonation. Oh, fuck. I, I'm I'm blown away. I got nothing left. I, I I'm I'm done. Yeah, I have not. I I don't even have anything else to say about even with the show. I don't even know what else to say. I know we got another email to read, but I'm I'm not I'm not doing it this week, guys. I'm I'm this. We're done for tonight. I I'm I I can't even keep my composure right now. This is fucked up. Next week we're going to do a tribute to the Ultimate Warrior on the show. Oh no doubt. So no doubt. I I don't even know what to say. I'm not even going to happy trail out of here. I I I just Nah, we can't even I don't know. I just can't believe that. Like he just just got inducted in the Hall of Fame. He just made peace with the WWE. We just saw him on Raw last night. Guys, make sure you check out uh, all the shows on the SNS Radio Network. You, you know what they are. You know when they air. Um, I wanted to send a quick shout-out to Andy Roberts for, for his donation this week. We do appreciate it, Andy. Um, that's it, folks. I, I'm, we're done for tonight. Uh, you know, I'm sorry to end this on such a, such a horrible note, but this has really, really caught us off guard. And I, I for one... I, I, I'm just, I'm shocked. I'm in utter disbelief. I feel like I've been kicked in the fucking teeth. Like somebody fucking punched my guts out. I feel for his little girls, man, because they were very beautiful little girls and they were very proud of their father on Saturday night. I think we all were proud. All right, guys, we're out. Um, Special song of the night dedicated to the memory of the Ultimate Warrior. We'll see you next week for another edition of SNS Unplugged. Uh, Mr. Money on the mic, Jeff Jackson, and the Bronx Zilla signing off. Good night, everybody. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real the needle tears a hole the old familiar sting Try to kill it all away But I remember everything What have I become? My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the And you could have it all 
crown of thorns upon my liar's chair full of broken thoughts I cannot repair beneath the stains of time the feelings disappear you are someone else I am still right here what have I become my sweetest friend everyone I know goes away in the year and you could have it all my empire of dirt I will let you down I will make you hurt if I could start 